Hello everyone, this is episode number 132 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is August 6th, 2019. I'm Robert Green. With me is Jerem... Oh no, I already said that one. We're just going to go with Jay Totoro. Perfect. And, and the other Jay that sometimes joins us. Welcome, Jay David, a.k.a. Gaming Jay. Gaming Jay, what's up? Hello, hello. Uh, not too much. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us. Um, yeah, of course. For listeners, for yeah, thank you. For listeners who aren't familiar uh, with you in general, why don't you tell us real quick? I know you've been oh. on a few times, but tell us about your channel and all real fast. Yeah, sure. So uh, I have a YouTube channel called. Uh, well, I I have a YouTube channel, and one of the main things that I'm uh, working on on that channel is a challenge to play or try all the games in the book, A Thousand One Video Games You Must Play Before You Die. This is a big collection of games ranging from, uh, you know, games from the 70s and, like, classic retro games from the 80s and 90s, all the way up to uh, some modern hits. And I've been at this, this is my fifth year going. And so far, uh, it's something like 420 games or so I've played. Um, and... You know, I do sort of an old school let's play style. I pop up, you know, I pop up a game. I play it for like half an hour, sometimes up to an hour if it's a long game. Uh, just sort of having fun with it, trying it out and trying to see is it a game that you must play before you die. And yeah. I was wondering if you could stop at number 420 just so we can make pot jokes every single time we reference your channel. <laughs> God. I might actually be a little past 420. I, oh. I don't know. I, uh, you know, I, it's hard to keep track of the exact numbers. Uh, uh, oh no, I, I just put 419 out yesterday, so 420 is coming up. <laughs> so there's still a chance. So there's still a chance. Yeah. Uh, you did a, you did Robert an episode, so not, not a, not a hundred, not, not a thousand and one uh, series episode, but you did a, a, a play, uh, kind of like a let's play type thing on your channel with, uh, with SNES drunk recently. Also, yeah, that was, that was yeah. pretty fun. So, so, yeah, one of the other things I do on my channel, you know, during the week, uh, I'll put up two 1001 episodes typically. And then on the weekend, I, I call it Saturday afternoon gaming. I pretty much just play whatever I want. Um, and that basically arose because there's a lot of classic games that aren't in the 1001 book. So this past Saturday, I played Joe and Mac, which is not in the book, but I, I think is a Super Nintendo classic. I quite enjoy it. And, yeah, it was, uh, I had the SNES drunk join me. And it was really awesome. I had actually earmarked that game for a long time. I knew I wanted to play it, but I wanted to play it co-op because it's one of the Super Nintendo games. You can play two players at the same time. And uh, I always remember playing that game with my brother. So the game is you're a couple of cavemen. And when you fight bosses, um, the game keeps track of who does more damage to the bosses. And when you kill a boss, you save a cave babe. And she comes out and she kisses the guy who did more damage. So there's always this little competition to see yeah. who could get the kiss that's a really cool touch. touch uh did you uh what'd you sorry what'd you say jay other jay? did you get the kiss oh. um you know what uh uh alex snest drunk he was getting more kisses than me for you know the first handful of levels uh but then he died and then i started getting some kisses so we found <laughs> out the way i get kisses is when there is no second player hey whatever uh, works yeah, but we brought him back to finish the game up together and uh, got near the end. One of the things that I didn't remember at all when I was watching that video of y'all playing is how short some of the levels are. Oh, man. <laughs> like, hilariously short, some of them. Some of the levels are like 15 seconds, and then you're at a <laughs> boss. 
Like it's, we joke in the video that it's basically just, you know, an opportunity to get tenderized before we actually fight. Cause all the bosses are these big giant dinos. So it's just like 15 seconds, taking a couple hits and then, yeah, there's the boss. <laughs> Uh, I also, a couple, a couple other re- sort of recent ones that stood out to me, uh, just from watching your channel are VVV VVV. That is one of my oh, yeah. favorite games ever. So that was fun to watch. And yeah, I uh, really like that one. That, that's sort of like a modern one, but it feels like an old Commodore game. Uh-huh. Really neat game. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing game. Uh, I also really liked watching Midtown Madness three, um, primarily because I liked hearing your kind of like your honest opinion like i don't really know why this was included in here like even the book says <laughs> midtown madness one and two are better and more influential but it for some reason included this one and not them uh yeah that was kind I, of a I head thought, scratcher the book makes some odd choices sometimes so the book has been criticized by uh you know reviewers and stuff in the past for including too many sequels in a franchise and for sometimes picking an odd uh, entry in a franchise, you know, rather than the most iconic entry, picking sure. sort of a different one. Um, and I'm I'm really not sure what that is. Uh, I've long had this fantasy that maybe when I'm narrowing down to finishing the book, I'm in like the 800s or 900s, I could track down the author of the book and get him to come on the channel, and then I could ask him all these oh, things. That'd be fun. Like, how were things decided? But uh, <laughs> what the hell were you, you know. thinking? <laughs> yeah. You got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> a long way to go. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think it's about the journey rather than the destination. So yeah, yeah it'll take me years to keep at this, but I'm having fun. So uh, yeah, not slowing down anytime soon. Are you so in? So in it seems like maybe a year or two ago, I remember watching your channel and, and talking to you personally, and it seemed like in a lot of cases you were kind of sort of hesitant to say to like point out games that you didn't really think necessarily belonged in the book. It was kind of, you were like taking a more positive approach to like, this is in the book. I'm going to find out what's good in it. So right. this one stood out to me because you were straight up like, I don't know if this one makes sense. So in retrospect, are there any others that you've done in the past that really stand out? Like that just, you don't really get why they made it in the book over other things, or maybe you don't think they belong. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Off the top of my head, it's hard to come up with specific games, but I can say that that definitely has crossed my mind. I mean, I have said before that um, I think it's Dragon's Lair is in the book Uh and I tried it and I know it's an iconic, you know, cherished (laughs) game and all that, (laughs) but I think it's time has passed in the (laughs) sense of it really doesn't hold up in my opinion, but No, me that either. said, same, you know, fans of, of Dragon's Lair are welcome to cherish and enjoy the game. I just think new players are going to be heavily put off by it. Right. Um, there so was yeah, there was they... one there was one game that I was watching you play, and I don't remember. This was probably about a year ago, or maybe not quite. But it was a uh, it was like a Commodore or Amiga game or something like that. And you're this little guy, like it was like a platformer, and you're jumping up a castle, and the castle kind of like rotates. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. And it seemed uh, kind of hilariously bad almost. Oh, man. <laughs> but I that don't remember one, what I, it was called. I think it's called Nebulous. Okay. And it has like an alternate British name, like Tower Toppler or something like that. Yeah. 
it, it's interesting because like you go back to these old games that came out out so long ago and like nowadays like a plat platformers are everywhere you know it's so, like everyone makes platformers you know but back in the day like platformers were rarer so when you got like a, a platformer that was smooth and had good graphics it was like pretty impressive for its time um nebulous was particularly cruel because i remember the first level you take three steps and you fall into a, a trap <laughs> oh yeah and die yeah, the, floor, the floor like falls out or something like that yeah. right <laughs> so it's, it's one it's one of those things that i don't think holds up in the sense of like there's a lot of bad design choices but <laughs> like that they would never do nowadays but back in the day it was like i don't know you know kill them in two steps you know it's a cruel harsh world let's <laughs> right. i don't know the developers were, were quite mean yeah um okay so yeah i don't know it's uh yeah it it is what it is uh i think there's a lot of people who grew up with these games who still like them a lot um for nebulous though funny story when i actually recorded myself playing that game it actually made me so angry that I had to cut out a bunch of <laughs> Otherwise, I would look like I was psychotic, but I decided <laughs> to save all that footage. And there is an angrier cut of me playing that game that I just put up for Patreon people as sort mm. of like an extra little bonus. I actually remember that. Um, I don't think I watched it, but I do remember you putting that up. Yeah. In fact, I, I exaggerate. It's not like it's that extreme but there's probably an extra like 10 minutes or something of me just getting frustrated it's too obscene for the internet yeah you, i think like you say i try and take the positive spin from most of these old games and try and discover what's good about them and nowadays even if i play a game that i'm not quite sure why it's in the book i still try and take the the uh, perspective of who would this game appeal to and who's gonna still like it because i think what i've realized after five years of playing these old games that really no game appeals to everybody. There's always going to be a target kind of person who will like a certain game. Some games are broader than others, but still uh, there's always this interaction with the person on the other end. So uh, I try and suss that out when I play games. Um, so on, on a positive note, one more question before we get going, can you, can you point sure. Can you, can you point to any sort of like gems that you've discovered from the book that you, that you don't think you would have, discovered or maybe just what maybe you heard about but you might not have played otherwise if you weren't doing all this yeah um well i mean i think just recently i put up or, or just the other day i put up a gunstar i think it was superheroes um the gunstar heroes was a franchise that i knew the name of for a long time but just like never sat down and played and you know i loved contra as a kid um and these games are like right up my alley um, so that was kind of fun uh, to play. Uh, around the 400 mark, I played Wonder Boy 3 for the Sega Master System, which was a platformer RPG game uh, that was actually pretty sophisticated. And I think in a weird way, like kind of holds up. Um, you know, again, not going to be for everybody, but I actually had a lot of fun with that one. Um, you know, my go-to from like the first year that I did this was Mario Golf, which is like, you know, I'm not really... Uh, that much into sports or anything right. like that and, and not golf uh, either uh, so i just i never would have probably picked up mario golf but i actually really liked it um and they even had like a whole little uh country club for you to explore it was sort of like uh, legend of zelda almost you go into buildings and talk to people and find items and i was just quite impressed by that game huh. so yeah i think uh, and, and if i went back and actually looked at the list of everything i'd played i'm, I'm sure I could come up with more 
So I think that's another fun thing about this little journey is like, you know, sometimes we play games that don't hold up as well and they frustrate you. But other times you play games that you wouldn't have given a chance and you actually find something that's uh, pretty fun. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a enjoyable ride so far. Wow. Well, I checked it. I, I was pretty sure that this was going to be on there, but I went and checked to see if this particular game is in the 1001 games book. And the game that I played for this episode is indeed in that book. And you haven't done it yet for the channel. So, Ooh. uh, so you can give me the, I'm going to down. Oh, trust me. I'm going to give you the Scoop. lowdown. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. We'll, we'll get there soon. Uh, I, I've been waiting for this, uh, for a while. So, uh, on the news. Thank you, Jay, for all that. Um, a few things before we start talking about the games that we've been playing for this episode. Uh, news items. Doom 1, 2, and 3 have been released on the Switch. Did you guys hear about the little kind of mild controversy that happened with this? Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so Bethesda... I mean, you already know something's oh, going down, no. right? Bethesda is the company that owns the rights to Doom now. So they're the, ones that, <laughs> they're the ones that made it available on Switch, which is cool. However, they had like basically an always online DRM built into it to where you no, have they to, didn't. you have to log in to like a some sort of weird account uh, every time you every time you want to play the game. Uh, that's what EA does for and their the, games. Yeah, and then everyone called them out on it. They were like, "This is." really stupid uh why do we have to do this and there's like you know all these threads on reddit like you know everybody make sure you know before you buy this that you have to log in an account every time before you uh play it you know this is good this is insane for doom doom one you have to do that like what kind of world do we live in where you have to log into an account to play fucking doom one anyway tons of people called him out and then they released a statement that was kind of uh in my opinion, Sorry, you caught us. Yeah, it was purpose. In my opinion, it was purposefully vague as to whether uh, they were saying it was a technical error or just a judgment error. <laughs> they were like, "Sorry, it was totally judgment." It was totally judgment, but they yeah, the way they they phrased it very ambiguously. It said like, "You know, we're sorry about this. Um, you should not have had to log in to play Doom. We're going to change that." So it's one of those things. It's like. Oh, do you mean like you didn't mean for us to, or do you mean that we shouldn't have had to because that's because that's not a good idea? But yes, they didn't give any clarification on that. So, uh, yeah, I feel like I respect companies a lot more when they just say, "Look, we did this. We're 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 sorry. Yeah, we, yep. we take it back. You know, we're like just news. be upfront." Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and I think everybody agrees, but a lot of companies don't understand that. So, but but to their credit, they did backtrack on it and remove the. Uh, the requirement that you log into your account to play those games. Did you guys oh, well. see? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, did you see on Twitter people were taking other really old games and putting a Bethesda uh, <laughs> login screen on them? <laughs> no. no, I didn't it's see. Kind of mocked them. There's one for bad dudes. I actually pulled it up. It says a Bethesda.net account is required to play this title. Are you a bad enough dude to connect to the internet to continue? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's amazing. That is so cringeworthy. <laughs> so that happened. Um, also, Metal other news, Metal Wolf Chaos XD uh, was released today, actually. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Metal Wolf. 
Jay, is this in the... Am I making this up? Have you played this on your channel? Or did I just completely make that up? I don't even recognize the... Okay. The game name, to be honest. So this is a this is an Xbox game. Metal Wolf Chaos came out for Xbox in 2004, but it was Japan only, uh, and okay. it hasn't been officially released anywhere outside of Japan until today. Uh, you are. It's kind of one of these like classic, ridiculous, like stereotypical, dumb, like you know, ridiculous Japanese story games. You are the president of the U.S. And uh, the United States gets invaded by somebody. I don't even remember who. And you as the president pilot a mech to fight off the invaders. Yeah, the presidential mech. Yeah, the presidential (laughs) mech. You board it. Of course. And and defend the country. And uh, it's just, you know, over the top, like, you know, like gung-ho American like shit all over the place. I was going to say it sounds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of, I mean, uh, you can kind of guess how it how it all plays out, but it's like really ridiculous dialogue. The story's asinine. Um, Sounds pretty awesome. Actually. Yeah, it does sound pretty awesome. Uh, And so uh, Devolver Digital today, uh, well, they released it today. Devolver Digital made a remaster of this. And so that came out today. My understanding, it's basically the same game, you know, just with better graphics and all that. Uh, There, there could be a little bit more changes than just the graphics. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, that came out today. Should be really interesting. I've heard it's really not bad at all also. So it could be, it's, it's probably a really fun game to play, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. Also, it, I didn't... Am I mistaken? Did it use the Xbox Connect? Or is that another game that I'm thinking of? No, because this was this was the original Xbox that it came out. Oh, original. On. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I didn't realize this, but From Software is the company that made the original one. They're the company that also From made, software? yeah, they made, you know, like Dark Souls and, and stuff like that. But oh. it, it, it's not a, it's not in any way, it's not like a, you know, a masochistic game like uh, like Dark Souls. It's nothing like that. It's just kind of like a fun mech game. Right. Um, so that came out today. Also, this this is some news that just came out today. DuckTales Remastered, which is on Steam. And I, I think it's, oh, okay, it's also on... I don't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure PS4, Xbox One, and and not not Switch, but Wii U. Uh, it's getting delisted in two days from today. So <laughs> that was fast. Yeah. So they and they announced it today. So so August eighth. I'm not sure if this episode will be up uh, before then or not. So if you want it and you're hearing this, then run over to your computer as fast as you can and try to buy it. But anyway, for they. Capcom is the company that that owns it. Uh, they are delisting the game they've announced. It's gone in two days, and uh, it's on sale. If you want to get it, until then, it's like three dollars and seventy five cents or something. If you want to grab it before it gets delisted, why is it being delisted? They did not say. Um, as always, the speculation with this type of stuff is some sort of licensing deal expired. You know, something like that. Hmm. So, uh, but but they didn't say. And then finally, uh, a bit of non-classic gaming-related news, but uh, I thought this was big enough to, to warrant talking about. Y- y'all might have heard about this. Uh, E3 <laughs> leaked by accident the personal information of over 2,000 journalists. Whoa. This was reported by Kotaku. Somebody discovered that on E3's website... 
There are some random links somewhere, like, you know, in one of these pages that you never really go to that's like about, oh, here's our marketing page or, you know, shit like that. Uh, there was a random link that said something like press attendees or you know, I don't think that was it exactly, but something, you know, very vague and Jesus boring like that. And if you clicked on it, it took you, uh, it, it, it brought you to an Excel sheet, just a simple Excel sheet that had all of the attend anybody who uh, attended as a journal, like, you know, with a press badge, their name, email address, Phone number and address. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a lot of info. That's a lot of info for, uh, you know, people who s- some of the uh, less savory types, which seem to be a large portion of the gaming community, unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. might want to send something to or call. Send for, flowers. They're going to send flowers. They're going to be really nice about it. Yeah, for whatever reason they want to. Uh, the only... Uh, the the only minorly saving grace here is that most of the journalists, you know, especially those who are working for a company, for their address, they would have put the company's address and not their home address. Okay. But still, there are there are plenty of, you know, like independent journalists or like freelance journalists who probably just had to put their home address. So uh, that information is just out there now. Why was that on the website, I wonder? It was like, it, again, it was a classic situation of like, oh, this wasn't supposed to be up there. We're taking steps to determine why this happened and how we can keep it from happening again. Yeah, typical response. Yeah. Well, don't email your webmaster an Excel sheet of the personal <laughs> info of everyone coming to your conference. Yeah, don't I tell was, uh... a link to it, huh? I was signing up to volunteer today at work, and in order to volunteer at this location, they asked for you to create an account, an account on their website. And I'm like, okay, like I'll have to give my email address. No, they wanted my full address, phone number, and like for, I was like, yeah, you don't need all of that information. Yeah, like, um, I'm just gonna <laughs> call you guys and sign up with just my name. It's like I, the only reason you would ask for that is to market to. But it's yeah. like, even stuff like that, I'm like, I don't want to give you all that information. No way. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure, you know, it's not uncommon for for conventions to gather that information. And oh, yeah, for probably sure. not even. I'm sure it's also very common for them to even sell that information. But just to like <laughs> accidentally post it in broad daylight for anybody just to stumble upon. Uh, that's that's bad. crazy. That's bad. That's really sad. It's yeah. funny how selling um, it seems more okay than giving it away well at least they're selling it you know, someone buying it must be they, could, right? they could just be giving it away yeah <laughs> don't give it away that's my personal info uh was that the last piece of news you had robert yes i just want to talk about one thing real quick go for it um obviously the same topic that i always bring up during news so obviously it's 20 days out until wow comes out um, Blizzard did an, an actual FAQ with a, a website called Eurogamer uh, earlier this month, like the beginning of this month, that was really good. It was, a, you know, normally when when companies are being interviewed regarding an upcoming game or release, it's like, do you think the game's good? When's it coming out? What are the new features? It was like really intricate questions about the project. And some of the information that Blizzard actually they, they gave back was really interesting. A couple things they said were one of the one of the guys asked them um, how what was surprising to you about the beta for Classic WoW so far, and he said the basically the level of interest the the level of interest that they've had for the project has been way 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 higher than they anticipated, 
And so one of the things he said is they actually, uh, they are focusing a lot of resources specifically on this project. And based on the re reception of this, they could ultimately try to do more with it. The other piece of it though, is because this, uh, this interview came out, a lot of companies are looking at this and trying to track to see how popular it is because it may create a resurgence or a need for sort of the old school MMOs, which is Holy really shit. exciting for, for, yeah, that's what I was like. As soon as I saw how big this is, I'm like, if this project does well, it could draw a lot of attention and attention means money, which means some company could come along and, and try and do something pretty special. How funny would it be if they started like releasing expansions for vanilla WoW, and so you basically just have two different branches of WoW? Yeah, that's what they've actually talked about. They actually, so a couple things they said were, because basically the full course for it is about two years from start to finish. So at the end of the two years, we were like, what happens then? Does it just reset? And they're like, well, we may add additional content that we haven't had there before, or we may re-expand the game. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm interested in both of these. Like if they, it's, it'd be crazy if somebody could go back and literally rewrite their mistakes. Like how bizarre would that be to watch? But if they do it well, it could be the biggest game in the world again. Then it can't be called Vanilla WoW anymore once they add something new to it. Vanilla yeah, Sprinkles. In 20 years, they're going to have to do Vanilla Vanilla WoW. Yeah. <laughs> vanilla in quotes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited. And I, I'm not just excited about the, this project, but just what this could mean. Because, you know, obviously there's a there's a pretty big, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of my friends who are who normally play a lot of online games are kind of in a, a tiff right now like there's there's nothing really keeping everybody interested obviously there's the battle royales we play a little bit of auto chess people still play a little bit of league but then beyond that right now it just seems like there's a void for people to play sort of online games maybe, maybe it's just yeah. my group of friends no i think you're kinda... right i think you're right yeah, yeah. i, I kind of feel the so same excited. way because a lot of the time i'll be like okay i'll, I'll think to myself you know uh like specifically you, Jay. Like you, we haven't played a game in a long time. Let's. What's a good one to find? I'm like, and I just start looking around, and there's not really a whole lot of good stuff to choose from. Like, oh, that would be a great game just for us to yeah. hang out and play for like an hour every now and then. Like, it's really there. Even though there, are, there's a multitude of options. It's not a whole lot of stuff that's just like, oh, we got to play this or that. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Feels like things have splintered more from like the days of WoW. Like there, yeah. as you say, there's more options, but then it means oh, yeah. there's everyone's kind of gone their own separate way. It's true. Yeah, because for a long time for me, I had the same select, you know, 20, 30 friends that I played online games with. And we'd go from game to game to game. Mm -hmm. But now everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Like that's, I'm really excited about this project for that reason. A lot of them, are, excuse me, are going to come back specifically for this. Fleetwood Mac wrote a song about that. <laughs> about World of Warcraft? You can go your own way! <laughs> Goddamn, Robert. That's why I block you on social media. <laughs> that song's not about Warcraft. <laughs> you don't know that. that. <laughs> 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 All right, maybe we should just move on from here. Thank you, Jay, for the World of Warcraft update. Of course. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the games we've been playing. Um, if it's cool with you guys, this is one that I've been wanting to get off my chest for a while. And I think I'm going to explode if I don't finally get to vent about it. So uh, is it all right if I go first? As long as it's not Honey Pop, yes. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I would much rather have been playing Honey Pop. What? I've been teasing this for a little while. Because um, I hadn't finished it until recently. But I've been playing it over the, a very, very long period of time. Just in bits and pieces. Okay. You're scared. Uh, because this... I would say is my most hated game of the podcast yet. Whoa. More than Kingdom Hearts. Uh, much more without any question whatsoever. Holy shit. 
I started That's playing crazy. this. I started playing this game two Christmases ago, and I could okay. not stand it enough to keep playing it regularly. But I also hated it so bad that I wanted to finish it so I could. You finish completely talk about it on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I did finish it. That's dedication. It's dedication. Gaming Jay, I'm sorry that you are going to have to play this eventually. <laughs> oh, great. It's uh, in the book. <laughs> it's in the book. This game came out for the Dreamcast in 1999. Okay. Shenmue. Oh, you played Shenmue. Oh. <laughs> oh holy the, shit. The voice acting in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! I I have played worse worse games than Shinmu, but I have never played a worse game that people have considered to be a good game. If that makes sense. Yeah, I've never heard anybody refer to this game as good. Like I've I've heard people joke about it. Have you not? Because I've heard ton like so, like plenty of people be like, "This is one of my favorite games ever." This game blew me out of the water when I first played it. I, I, I understand that it has some features to it that people thought were really amazing for the time. Yes, for the time, I think, is the key phrase there. And that's kind of... I'll get to that eventually, but that's kind of what I turned up as well. I, I've also heard plenty of people that, that basically share my opinion on it as well. Um, can, but, can I, before you go on, can I yeah. let you in on a little secret? Please do. I actually have played that game and not edited my footage together for a video yet. Oh! And I concur. It is perplexing <laughs> that, that, and i didn't finish it so you sir are a champ <laughs> that makes me so glad to hear yeah i and i'm really looking forward to seeing this let me i just want to pull this up how long generally speaking the game is shin, shin i have Wu. questions for you since you finished it so I, i'm interested to hear what you say okay so the game is roughly 20 hours uh, anywhere from twenty, anywhere bit? from twenty to thirty, huh? You want to describe the game? A no, little I'm bit? getting there. Yeah, I'm getting. There. Oh, okay, I'm not just sorry. done talking about it. <laughs> um, trust me, I've got a lot to say. Uh, so let me just—if it wasn't clear enough, there was not a single point that I felt like I was having any fun whatsoever in my entire playthrough of this. My entire three-disc playthrough. Of this motherfucking game. <laughs> Alright, so here's the game. This is Shinmu. You start off, and you're this you play this character named Ryo. And the game starts off, you know, obviously with, with a cutscene, and Ryo's dad uh gets murdered by these like thugs. Uh, kind of like these uh Japanese gangster type people. Um you know, like a but like I, organized I crime. That, I thought one of them looked like he was wearing a dress. The I don't even kind of looked like a dress. He was in a ballroom gown or something. <laughs> I don't remember what? that specifically because that was the beginning of the game and that was about two years ago for me. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, uh, this sounds about right. And it's, it's like an organized crime gang, not not like a street gang. Anyway, they kill your dad. And so the game is you trying to find out who killed your dad so you can uh, get revenge. And... You also, I never, it doesn't really explain it, and I never really figured it out exactly, but you live in a house with some lady, but I don't think it's your mom. It's like a lady that takes care of you and gives you money, but I don't think it's your mom because he never calls her mom. He always calls her by her first name. And 
Sugar some mom, other, maybe. some other, maybe so. <laughs> some other guy who's about your age. That's I don't think his brother. I think it's his friend, but it may be a brother. I'm not really sure either. And you own a like a dojo, and so you have training in martial arts. You know, per the story, and you don't really use the dojo the much. Story. You don't really use the dojo much, but. That's just kind of the background. So you do have training. Your dad had training, but he still got murdered anyways. And so you're not just this dope, like walking around trying like, I'm going to get revenge. It's the, the the concept is, okay, you do have skills. You're going to go beat up people and find who killed your dad and, and kill, or, you know, I don't know what he's going to do, but that's the idea. You actually beat people up in this game? Uh, yeah, eventually you get there. Okay. <laughs> I, I played this game for like two and a half hours before I finally quit, and uh-huh. I, I didn't fight a single person. Let me guess, you talked to a, a lot of people, right? A whole lot of people. <laughs> that a is, whole lot of nonsense. That is the game, is you yeah. just talking to people over and over and over and over for three discs. You... It, the game starts you off in a bedroom, okay? You wake up, and you're in a bedroom, and you're going to go find the people that killed your dad. So, first thing you do, of course, is you push all the buttons to kind of get used to the controls and see what does what, okay? This game took the Resident Evil tank controls and made them worse. What? When you when you turn, so they basically work the same as, you know, left goes left you know, regardless of which way you're facing, you know, it, like he, it's all relative to the character. So he'll turn left forward. Well, he'll walk forward, forward, whichever way he's facing. Obviously this is all 3d. It's, it's a 3d environments. Uh, you know, you're controlling the character walking around doing stuff, but when you press left and right, he doesn't just kind of pivot how they do in resident evil. He walks forward and loops around left or right at the same time. What? So it makes it so fucking ridiculous trying to, especially when you're in little tight spaces, trying to get to a specific spot and you just want to turn left. But no, he has to walk into the wall and slide along it before he actually turns, you know, left. So it's already off to a bad start. Eventually you, I mean, you never really fully get used to the controls, but eventually you figure that out. You go outside and you walk into town and there's nothing to do besides just start talking to people. So anybody you walk up to, you can press A and he'll talk to him. And some people will just say, what? I'm sorry. I'm too tired. You'll have to talk to me some other time. Uh, some people actually do have things to say. Um, I seem to recall there are also kids who will constantly ask you to play with them. If you talk to them. Uh, I, re- I do remember some kids asking if you'll play with them or asking if you do this and that. Yeah. Early on, there's yeah. a girl who found a cat and she wants you to, I don't know, like, Talk to the cat or something like that. Uh, so what you do is you just walk around town asking people if they know anything about uh, what happened about the people who killed your dad. And and I, I take this back. I may have said that you wake up the next morning. This isn't actually the morning after it happens. It seems to be about a week later or something like that. So you're just ra- walking up to every random ass person you see in town, pressing A, and he'll go... <laughs> The, the the awkward the, the dialogue is so awkward. He just walks up and goes, "Can you tell me what happened the night of the incident?" <laughs> he, he always he won't ever say for some reason he never says like, "Do you know who killed my dad?" He always he always says like the night of the incident. So he'll walk up to a random lady and go, "Did you see anything strange 
the night of the incident? And she'll be, and you know, they might say yes or no. And you'll go up to somebody else. The night of the incident, did you see anything out of the ordinary? Can you tell me if you noticed anybody that looked suspicious the night of the incident? It's just the, the, the dialogue throughout the whole game is so, I cannot emphasize how awkward it is. Like Rio has this really dry delivery and his he has this kind of just like blank look on his face throughout the whole entire game. And there's all these really, really awkward pauses. There's like two second pause anytime you say something waiting for the other person to talk back. And then also while you're having a conversation, the camera kind of cuts to uh, to a different point of view and it sort of pans dramatically around when you're talking to people, even though even if nothing interesting is being said. And that's just all you're doing is you're going around asking people if they saw anything uh, suspicious the night of the incident. There was one piece of dialogue very early on that was probably my favorite in the whole game. You go walk up to one guy and he goes, yo, hey, bro. <laughs> the guy goes, hey, bro. Yes. And he goes, that day, did you see any men in black suits? And the guy pauses and just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> And so this is, as Jay said, the whole damn game. All you're doing is walking around, talking to people. Did you see this? Did you see that? Do you know about this? Do you know about that? Eventually, you know, you'll find somebody who says, oh, you know what? Uh, You should go talk to this guy. And then you talk to this guy. You know what he says? "Uh, You know what? You should talk to this guy. You know what the next person says? You should talk to this guy. Guess what that person says? Uh, you know what? I don't know anything, but you should talk, you should talk to this guy. It's just a chain of people saying, you should talk to this guy. You should talk to this guy. You should talk to this guy. There's one part where somebody says something about, uh, you know, I did see some Chinese people or something like that. What? So, <laughs> yep. so Rio, you walk around and he starts walking. He, anytime you go up to some, to somebody and, and talk to him, he starts going, do you know where I can find any Chinese people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad, Jay, that you that you saw that part. I, that you I got, got there to too? that part. That you got there. Every yeah. single person. Do you know where any Chinese people are? Do you know where Chinese people hang out? Do you know where you can find Chinese people? I, I think the best is around that par- part in the game. There's an old man you can find, mm-hmm. and when he greets you, he says, "Hello, I used to be Chinese." <laughs> and I thought, what does that mean? Are you no longer Chinese? He's in recovery. <laughs> Oh shit! I don't. I do not remember that one. That is amazing. <laughs> There's this one part where um, you uh, you talk to a girl, and she goes, there, "There's this girl outside uh, outside something," and she and you go, "He's looking for a bar." I wrote this dialogue down specifically. This is one another one that stood out to me. You walk up to a girl and you go, "Do you know where Heartbeats Bar is?" And she goes. Don't ever talk about them for one reason or another. They're our rival. And Rio pauses and goes, So about Heartbeats Bar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then when you, uh, there's the one part where you, uh, are, um, like leaving. And you're not going to be, you don't think you're going to be at their, at, back at your dojo for a while. And uh, it's the other guy that lives there that I don't know if he's your brother or just a friend or what. You go, uh, 
will you take care of the dojo while I'm gone? And he goes, sure. And then uh, he puts his hand on his shoulder and goes, will you? (laughs) And he goes, of course. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) And then to make all of this worse, this long ass chain, which comprises the entire fucking game of you just going from one person to another to another, to another, to another, and them telling you to talk to this guy, then go talk to this guy, then go talk to this guy, then go talk to this guy. What makes this even worse than it already is, even in concept, is the time-passing system, which straight up sucks ass. So there are many points in the game where you have to wait till, you know, 4 o'clock to go talk to somebody, or 7 o'clock to talk to somebody, or 8 o'clock, or you got to come back tomorrow, or do this or that. You have to just let that time pass. Okay? So, 15... I, I timed this. It seems like uh, 15 minutes in-game is one... Excuse me. One minute in real life. Okay? So, so an hour passes in about four minutes. Sometimes they'll say... Sometimes they'll say, go here and talk to so-and-so at 7 o'clock. And it might be 2 or 3 o'clock. So you just don't have anything to do for 16 minutes. There were, I literally just had to put my controller down and go do other things sometimes and just let the game pass time so that I could come back and do whatever it was that I was, you know, until I, so I could come back and talk to whoever I was just because there was nothing to do in the meantime. Absolutely. You could go to the arcade where there's one or two dumbass mini games. And, or you could go talk to people and listen to some of the horrible dialogue some more, which I guess is pretty entertaining. But there's nothing to do for mi- for minutes on end sometimes. You just have to let the time pass. If, it, if it's something that you have to come back for tomorrow, you can go home and sleep, but you cannot go to sleep until 8 p.m. The game just won't let you. So, again, you're just... Well, it's not his bedtime. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to stand around. Head before bed. <laughs> you just have to stand around and let time pass. There's nothing to do in these situations. Um, I wanted to show you guys uh, just as an example of the awkward dialogue. I found there are there are plenty of examples you can find if you look on YouTube. Here's one that I got. I'm just gonna link to y'all uh, in our chat right here. I'm gonna play it also on the uh, on the podcast so the listeners can listen. Okay. Well, if it isn't Trio. Are any of your customers from China? Yeah, I think so. I need to talk to someone from China. Who do you think I should ask? Well, obviously you should ask someone from China, right? Do you know anyone from China? How about the Aji Ichi? I order takeout from them all the time. What about the owner there? Like, what in the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that that one had the Chinese reference as well. I'm really glad it chose that one. As, as soon as he started asking where all the Chinese people were, I was like, is this real? Like, that happens fairly, I mean, early, I was going to say, that happens fairly early in the game, but I, I remember it being like an hour and a half or something yeah. in, um, but. Yep. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, I, I was. I I am astonished that this game. I mean, it, again, you have to kind of put it in historical context. So I guess maybe it was 
revolutionary to see a city this big and all these characters and stuff. But right. nonetheless, I still feel like even back then, I don't think I would have wanted to play this. That game. was what I was thinking this whole time I was playing. I was, yeah. you know, okay, obviously this game sucks. But back then, would I have maybe been would I have maybe been blown away? I really don't think so. I think I would have appreciated it maybe a little bit more, but I don't think I would have had fun with it at all. Yeah. So, so you do tons of shit. So, so there are several towns, uh, as Jay said, there, the world does get, you know, what may have been considered back then to be fairly big. Um, there, there are, uh, I guess one, two, three or four. I can't remember. Geez. Now, even, even though I just finished it recently, three or four different districts that you go to and each district is kind of like its own small town. Um, you kind of unlock them sequentially but but very early on is when you get eventually get access to all of them and so you're walking around these different towns talking to people and you know there's random people walking by doing their own thing that you can talk to as well i guess that was kind of unique at the time so you do tons of shit talking to just chains of people and then you finally get a ticket or you you need to get a ticket to go to hong kong okay so what does he do then you, once you def- once you figure out you have to get a ticket, okay. Now what you do is you go around talking to more people to find a travel agency. <laughs> then you can't afford the travel agency, so you go back home. This guy that lives at the dojo with you gives you money from his piggy bank, <laughs> and then when he gives it to you, you go, "Ah, oh, that's still not enough." Then My you- God. <laughs> then, then you go talk to uh, some girl, and she tells you to take a boat. So then you go back to a travel agency and pay them, and they say, you know what they say? Come back in three or four hours. <laughs> wow. I like this. <laughs> They, they were going the hyper-realistic route. A normal video game would have said, you need a plane to Hong Kong, and the next thing is a loading screen <laughs> showing you flying to Hong Kong. But they're like, no, he needs like a job, and travel agencies aren't open past six. That's just crazy. So like, he's got to wait, obviously. Uh-huh, yeah. And speaking of getting a job, you do do that eventually, too. Wow. Okay. So, and, and let me add, just as a just to kind of interrupt myself here throughout all of this, the story is not even good. It's not, you know, it's just, Oh, go talk to this person. Go talk to this person. Nonstop. None of them ever have anything interesting to say. There are very, very few revelations about what happened to your father. It's just purely go talk to this guy. Oh, you know what? I think I heard something. Go talk to this guy. Oh, you know, I think I heard this guy talking about something. Go talk to him. That is it. Flat out. Um, I'll get to the job thing in just a second. There are a couple other things you occasionally do in the game, which is going to lead us into the job discussion. Uh, there are there are fighting events that happen. Sometimes, occasionally, and, and more so towards the end. But they, they do happen somewhat early on, but but they're very sparse. And towards the end, even then, they're, they're pretty sparse too, but they're a little bit more frequent. There are fighting basically fighting scenes where it turns into essentially a 3d fighting game. You got punch, kick, throw and block. What? This game has everything. <laughs> yeah. The game has everything. The director of the game fought tooth and nail against including that. I'm sure. 
He was like, I don't want to interrupt all my dialogue with fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I maybe so. I can't speak to that. Um, yeah. But and, and every and to go along with this, every time you go to bed, um, you have the option to train before you go to bed. And what that does is you just say, oh, I want to train legs. And then it just pops up and says, thank God it doesn't actually make you do it. It just pops up and says, you trained kicks. And that's it. Or I want to train train throws. You train throws. So I don't know how much good that does. I assume it adds up pretty well over the course of a game. But I just always, just kind of focus, I always chose throws or kicks. <clears throat> and so there are, it's funny, the the. Fighting is much, it's not good, but it's also at the same time much more elaborate than it should be. There are probably 10 throws and 10 kicks and 10 different punches that you can do with all with different button combinations. And throughout the game, you'll also talk to people sometimes who will teach you new moves. And uh, you kind of have to practice them until you get them just right. And then, so you know, once you learn one, It'll be like, oh, now you can press forward, forward, punch, and he does this special extra powerful move or whatever. So it's not just tacked on, but it's also, it also doesn't feel good. It's just, it's very button mashy. I always, like I said, I always just kicked and punched. I would kick until somebody got really close. Or I'm sorry, I kicked them through, through until somebody got close, and then I would try to throw them. And that's pretty much it. And all except for maybe two or three of the battles. I had a little bit of trouble with and I had to actually devise some sort of strategy besides just button mashing. But it's all very easy. <clears throat> so there are some fighting events. There are also some quick time events throughout the game where maybe you'll be chasing somebody and it's and it's like, oh no, this uh, these barrels fell in front of you. Press A real fast to jump over them. You know, stuff like that. So uh, you'll be it'll be a scene and just typical quick time stuff. A button will pop up and you got to press it real quick before it goes away. Classic. That's basically it, except for disc three, when you get a job. I forgot there's multiple discs. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? Um, so I on disc an office job, <laughs> like a nine to five, <laughs> answering phones, <laughs> gets involved in like petty office politics. <laughs> okay, so you uh, you find out that there's this gang at the warehouse district that you think had a, had a part to play in your father's death. And somebody tells you, you know what, uh, this gang, they're always beating up on the forklift drivers and, and hassling them and stuff. So your plan is to get a job as a forklift driver so that the gang will come hassle you and you can kind of beat them up and get some information out of them. Okay, so for... Five days in a row. So you get a forklift job. You talk to somebody who's like, oh, yeah, man, I'll get you a job. This is really kind of crazy character. For five days in a row, what you do for that day is you wake up, you leave your house. Thankfully, he goes straight to the warehouse district. and You don't actually have to travel there because that takes quite a while. Um, and then the first thing you do is a forklift race. Every single day where you race against the other forklift drivers, okay? It takes about five minutes, including cutscenes, maybe. And uh, and nothing really happens. Every time you finish, the guy who's your boss just says, Oh, man, good job. Here, take this. And he gives you a little toy forklift for whatever, even if you come in last place. 
You also can't pause it during the forklift races. So there were plenty of times where I had was doing a forklift race and I had to suddenly get up to go do something and I just had to sit there because you can't pause it. So you're driving around like a dumbass racing the other forklift drivers. Uh, then you do your actual forklift job, which consists of you picking up crates in the warehouse district, driving them to some other part of the warehouse district and putting them down and going back and repeating that over and over all day long. Your work hours are from in the morning. It's something I I think the, uh, I can't remember if the forklift race starts at nine or 10. I want to say 10. And then the actual work day starts at maybe roughly 1030. So it goes from 1030 to 1230. So that's eight minutes. Uh, I could be a little bit off on the times, but it's something like that. And then you have a lunch break where you just walk around. Of course, just talking to random people saying dumbass things with there are occasionally cut scenes or quick time events, or maybe a fight here and there. Then you go back to work at around two ish. And I think you work till four or four thirty or something like that. So this is five days in a row. You do this where you go to work, do a dumbass forklift race, then carry boxes around all day and then sit there and talk to people, you know, for the two hour lunch period that you have in between and then go back to it. This is, I, I did the math on this. That's about two and a half hours of just driving a forklift around, whether it's in a race or just hauling boxes somewhere. Jeez. Not counting the, the lunch breaks in between. And then at the end of the day, guess what you do at the end of the, at the end of the workday when you're done doing forklift stuff, you walk around and talk to people some more. You walk around and talk to them until nighttime because you won't even leave the district until sometimes until you have found the right people to talk to. He'll say something like, oh, I need to gather more information. And then you just got to go find the right person to talk to who will will tell you something. Then you can finally return home. But to go home, you have to manually (laughs) walk out to the bus stop, wait for the bus to arrive, get on the bus. Then it takes you back to the farthest district away from your house and you have to manually walk two or three districts back to your house. Um, I feel like people were more bored in 1999. <laughs> that like, is, if people are playing this. That's what I learned from this game is people were more bored in 1999. Um, and then, so, this isn't really a spoiler, but I guess minor spoilers if you care. The, the game does not resolve anything in the end. Robert, if I, anybody is listening to you talk about this game and they're going to play it... I just ruined it for them anyway. They deserve to be spoiled. <laughs> Thank you. I agree, actually. That's a good point. And so, my understanding is this was meant to be a very, very long series. Um, originally, I don't know if there were any hard numbers, but there were rumors that the that the guy who made it wanted it to be something like 16 games long oh my god <laughs> which is also Somebody stop that man which is on its own hilarious because they only came out with two and they're about to come out with the third one i thought a new one was coming out I was yeah ask you about that. there's a new one coming out but no there is not even a hint of resolution you know how like in uh star wars a new hope you know, obviously the series keeps going on, but you have that awesome ending. It's like, oh yeah, we killed the Death Star. Hell yeah, spoilers. Uh, 
We destroyed the Death Star. We, <laughs> Double spoilers. <laughs> you know, we got shit to do, but but that we're you know, but we we had a big victory here. You know, that one has that one keeps going on, but you get some sort of resolution to something. You get an ending of some sort. This one is just basically says, Okay, you've got more to do now. Yeah, no, he gets he gets fired. <laughs> no, not even. Not, not even. So every so it's that's hilarious that you asked it. So every day at the end of work, so you have every day when you're hauling crates, you have a quota of 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 crates that you're supposed to haul before um the workday is over with, and usually it's very easy to hit the quota. I think I hit it every single time, and. At the end of the day, the guy goes, you go to get your check or whatever, and he goes, uh, good job today. You met your quota. So now you get a raise. Tomorrow you get, you know, 50, 50 extra yen per crate or something like that. But then but then the last day that you show up, um, which is after the fifth day, so the sixth day when you go, he says, uh, uh, you know what, the uh, I'm going to have to fire you because this gang that, you're, that you've been roughing up or whatever, they've been hassled. They've been hassling us too much, and I just can't keep you on because they're going to keep making things life. You know, they're going to keep making life difficult for me, so I'm going to have to fire you. And of course, Rio's like, "I understand." <laughs> <laughs> so, Are you sure. Yeah. <laughs> By the okay. way, do you know do you know any okay. Chinese people? <laughs> <laughs> Show me where the Chinese people are, and I will be on my way. <laughs> I'm so glad that you found that as funny as I did. <laughs> It was weird. <laughs> so, I I was, you know, obviously befuddled my entire time playing this as to why people, why is this game so famous? Why do people like this game so much? So, I went back and pulled up IGN's review of the game oh, no. when it came out. So, you know, IGN, back in 1999, they were the shit. That was where you got all... You know your gaming reviews, news, and that kind of stuff. They and they and I and I haven't read them lately. I'm not saying they're not good anymore, but like they used to be really, really, really good. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what do they have to say about it? And even then, even this reviewer who was stunned by the game, I could find very little in his review that really actually said anything good. So I I picked out. Two paragraphs here that I'm just going to read from from IGN's review of Shenmue, which were the which were two paragraphs that uh that I that I plucked out that kind of gave me the best idea, relatively speaking, the best idea of why people like this game at the time. So I'm just going to read these real quick. He said, "Oh, the places you'll go and the things you'll see in Shenmue cannot be truly comprehended, though a trip from a small village in Japan to those tall towers in Hong Kong doesn't seem like a larger than life experience." There's so much incredible detail showering the player with a visual feast for the eyes from the city objects like telephone booths, vending machines and road signs. Imagine that road signs to the intricate ink drawings in your Rio's father's dojo, the Buddhist altar in Rio's house and the Sega Saturn under Rio's TV. You can't even begin to imagine. Well, actually you can look around your computer room and look for any book. Find one? Now pick it up and turn the pages. What you're doing is mimicked with near-flawless visual detail in Shenmue. If this sounds rather boring, playing with, quote, real-life objects, it's far from that. 
Objects in Shenmue display an incredible amount of realism that has yet to be experienced in any console game. Yes, this is another paragraph. I don't remember if this one immediately follows that or not, but one more. Yes, it seems like it's the old, quote, <laughs> talk to this person who will ask for soap from someone else, then go ask for soap from that person who will give it to you if you get some sugar, dot, dot, dot. You know the procedure. But since we're in a virtual world, time plays a major role as some of the denizens of the city don't come out of the woodwork until a specified time. Thankfully, there's more than just talking to do in a city filled with vending machines in an arcade. <laughs> It sounds like you're describing two different games. Uh, this reviewer was enamored with the game. And all I can wow. see that he says to wow. about it is that it's very realistic and that you can buy stuff from vending machines and play arcade games in the, in the time between you're waiting for time to pass. I mean, you can do that in real life, too. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, careful. You want a vending machine? You want to play some other video games? I can hook you up. We'll talk after. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, I I really did not get it. I thought there was going to be so much more fighting and stuff when I sat down with it. Yeah, you know, I I went into it fairly blind. I did not know what to expect. I knew that it was uh, kind of an adventure, that it was sort of an adventure game. Um, I had even heard some people refer to it as sort of partially an RPG, which I really don't get, but I knew it was kind of an adventure game and I knew, you know, I knew it was 3d walking around doing stuff beyond that. I kind of, I I never really heard much and going into it. I sort of kept myself as blind as possible just so I could sort of be surprised by it. Yeah. And, uh, it's more or less like I, like what I thought, uh, just a 3d adventure game, but with no actual fun things at all to do in it. I would be really curious to hear from someone who really likes Shenmue to hear what they actually like. Cause yeah, I, I agree. Like it, it had this big open world. Um, and I had read online that it was, you know, ultimately the inspiration for games like grand theft auto and stuff. And I'm like, that's great. And, you know, street signs and vending machines and <laughs> stuff back in the day. Sure. Maybe it was like a big landscape, but right. was it actually fun to, walk between people asking random people thing with like very stiff dialogue. Like I, I just don't get it. <laughs> it was, it was not fun. I completely agree with you. I, it wasn't like a fun experience. I wasn't like on the edge of my seat or anything. No, not at all. And like I said, <laughs> even what, you know, even when story does play out and you finally find somebody who knows something, there's nothing at all. Interesting. This, the story, just the little story that is there is not even good. Yeah. So, uh, I think that might've beat your rant for kingdom hearts. It may have. I, I hope it did because it deserves the, uh, the throne. I can't believe you beat it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I was, I was dedicated because, you know, I, I just thought to myself, this game is so bad. I have to, I have to, you know, know what happens the entire thing so that I can do this full justice when I explain how bad it is on the podcast. Did you enjoy anything about it? No, nothing. I tried thinking about it. There is nothing about it 
that I enjoyed. I, I will say, I, okay, the thing, the one thing I did enjoy was basically laughing at the hilariously yeah, awkward say. dialogue. Every, every, every single time you talk to somebody, it is awkward pauses, awkward cadence, <laughs> weird responses to the things that you say that do, that don't quite fit. It's just you know the the thing the the link that I that I played earlier that is not even the worst dialogue in the game at all. That's just the best example that I could find. That that is perfectly representative of what the dialogue in the game is. And then there's random parts where there's this girl who you kind of I guess. You're not really dating, but it's like you both have a crush on each other, but nobody wants to do anything about it. <laughs> and so every once in a while, you'll talk with her and she's like, oh, I'm going to leave and go to America or something like that. And he's just like, oh, you're really going? And then she'll, you know, might say like, yeah, I got to go there. I don't remember why. And he's just like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, just like this. Dumbass shit. There's one part where. I believe it's the same girl. You, she gets kidnapped by this gang that you're kind of investigating, I guess, for lack of a better term. And you have to go find her. And so, like, you go to... You, you're So you can't get... It's the middle of the night. And you can't get to her because the bus doesn't run uh, to where you need to go. She's in the warehouse district. And normally you take a bus there. But the, rest, the bus isn't running. So you... What do you do? You go around talking to people to figure out how to get there, of course. And some guy says, uh, oh, you should borrow a motorcycle. And then you realize, you remember that one of your friends owns a motorcycle. So you got to travel to another oh, district, stop. talk to him. <laughs> and he's like, hey, it's Rio. Can you come out? And the guy comes out. He's like, hey, Rio, what's happening? And Rio just says something. You know, this isn't verbatim, but it's basically like, can I borrow your motorcycle? <laughs> And then he, he says, you know, oh, okay, sure. Uh, be care, you know, blah, blah, blah. How are things going with you? And Rio's just like, I'm in a hurry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then so you got, you, you get on the motorcycle, you, and it turns into a, uh, well, I'm sorry. I was about to say quick time. This isn't a quick time scene. This is actually a part that's different from the rest of the game where it's basically a, uh, a racing, a mini racing thing. Uh, where you're just trying, you have to get, you're on this highway and you have to get to, get to the end of it in a certain amount of time. And it takes a couple tries, but it's not too bad. And then uh, you get there and you find the girl and you just, you know, you beat up the guys that kidnapped her basically. And you take her back. But it's so weird because when, you, when you're driving her back home, it turns into this really somber cutscene, And she's riding on the back of the motorcycle, kind of like sitting sideways uh, because she has a skirt on. So it's like the proper way to sit. And it just plays this really, like, sad slash romantic music and, like, does this these really romanticized camera angles of you driving her back home on the highway on your motorcycle. And then it goes on for way too long and it's just trying to make this really emotional scene out of it. And then it just ends and you're just back and you just go back home. Have you seen The Room? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, the way you're talking about the dialogue makes me think of the main character from the room. <laughs> That's really not too bad of a of a of a comparison. Okay. Okay. Then we then I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Holy shit. I couldn't handle that movie. It was so uncomfortable. Uh, you know what's funny? I think we might have talked about this last time Jay was on the podcast if if I remember. Really? I think so. I think we might have. That sounds familiar. <laughs> Seems like something we do, repeat stuff. 
So yeah, there's Shenmue. Uh, I want my money back. How many out of t- how many stars out of ten? How many stars out of ten? I give it one. Uh, I give it one gamer girl water out of ten stars. <laughs> nice. All right, I've gone on long enough. I didn't mean to steal the spotlight from you guys. I'm used to it. <laughs> Gaming Jay, why don't you go next? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything nearly as long or ranty to say. So maybe I should have uh, gone last, so I didn't. So I didn't set you guys up. <laughs> I might pale in comparison. <laughs> I'm um, gonna rant. So perfect. We'll get a segment or a break. Okay. Yeah. Good. Recently, actually, um, I haven't been playing too much. Um, I've actually sort of just been doing other things this summer, um, like going to the beach and stuff like that. Um, nice. One one modern game that uh, I've been playing, and then one other game I'll mention. Uh, the modern game uh, that I've been playing around with recently is Mario Maker 2. Um, and um, we were talking about this before the podcast today. Um I was a big fan of Mario Maker 1, really got into it when it came out, played it a lot, actually. I made levels and swapped them with friends and stuff, and actually got a Switch for Mario Maker 2 um, and got it when it came oh, out, really? and I've played around with it a handful of times, like when friends are over, we'll play local co-op, um, and I've been playing around with it here and there, but it hasn't sucked me in the same way the first game did, Um not because I think there's anything wrong with it, just because I think mainly, you know, I went so nuts over Mario Maker 1, it was, like, so new that I think I kind of, like, did all my Mario making, if that makes sense. So for number two, like, they added all these new cool things, but it kind of feels a little overwhelming now to make levels. Like, I don't even know where to start now. And I also kind of feel like I did it before, so I'm not super motivated to, like, make a level. So I've been playing around through the campaign, um trying to like unlock all the stuff. Um, And I've been playing some online levels, um, but one of the issues that the original Mario maker had that this one definitely carries over is uh, a really poorly designed ability to find levels. Like Nintendo's search features are just um, quite bad. You know, nice way to put it. Um, you know what? I was thinking about this. Um, what they need is to basically revamp the course offerings and just make the make it look like YouTube. You know, like show a little uh, like uh, a thumbnail of each of the levels. Show like hot new levels, levels that are on the rise. Have playlists so that like people mm. can have a playlist of levels. You can play them in order. You know, like some some kind of curating like that. Uh, I think would go a long way to towards making um, towards improving the ability to find levels. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. agree with that. Yeah, I mean, right now, what you got to do basically, or what I do, is you go on like YouTube or Reddit, you find some interesting levels and look them up by the level code. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you don't do that, then you're opening yourself up to a lot of screwed. Uh, a lot of, like there there are some good levels that you'll find randomly, but a lot of them there's a lot of garbage levels too. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, like troll levels and stuff. All right. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm looking most forward to. I think I'll get more into Mario Maker Two when they finally release their patch to allow you to play co-op with friends online. Because right now, all the multiplayer is just random people. And I'm not as into that. <laughs> okay. Um, so I've been dabbling around with that, and 
also i kind of like weirdly got back into a version of tetris that i used to play years ago um there's a version called tetris splash for the xbox 360 it's just tetris uh i think it's themed underwater or something uh and that's why it's called splash okay but i i just booted up my xbox the other day and was looking around i saw that game and thought i haven't played that in forever and i started playing it and I kind of got sucked back into the rabbit hole of Tetris. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, and and so I remember one summer when I got that game. It was just a cheap little Xbox Live game. I'm sure it was like seven bucks or something. I ended up wanting to get good at Tetris because it's one of those things that like I'd played my whole life on and off here and there. But as as an adult, I was like, I should be able to be good at this game. Like, there's only so many moves, right? Like, maybe maybe I could like play it on the fastest level or something. So I remember spending a couple of weeks, like I would start the game on the highest level and see how long I could go and like, like train, you know? <laughs> right. And uh, I think I got pretty good, uh, you know, or, or reasonably good, I guess I should say. I, I don't know how good I actually am, but uh, it, it, yeah, I don't know. For me, Tetris is one of those things you can just zone out and play. And it's, it's just kind of like always fun. So I got back into that and this version of Tetris 2 one other funny thing about it is that whenever you get a line it it says like single or double or triple or tetris but the voice that's saying it is this like seductive woman's voice <laughs> like she goes single double, <laughs> tetris <laughs> and like wow I I remember I was playing it once when some friends came over and they were like, she really likes that you're single, eh? Like they were like making fun of her because it like it sounds like she's trying to seduce you. She's like, you're single, bad boy, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, those are those are really the only two things I've been uh, playing around with to any degree, other than you know, sort of my uh, ongoing, you know, a new retro game every couple of days. Right, right. Yeah. So, you're, are you big in general? Are you a pretty big Tetris fan then? Um, I would not have classified myself as like a huge Tetris fan, but, um, I definitely like, I think of all the like puzzle games, I think Tetris and Dr. Mario are my favorites. Um, I never really got into things like columns or Lumines or like, what are other ones? Like Yoshi's cookie and that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, We just talked about these. Yeah. We just talked about these recently and I'm, God, what else were the other big ones? Like. I can't really remember myself. Yeah, there's a lot out there. I feel like Tetris is just always the classic one. Like, I, I kind of in my head, I kind of compare everything to Tetris. <laughs> I guess because it's one of the first ones I've really played. Um, and yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things, though. I mean, many people have experienced this, but you spend a day playing Tetris, and then you're like walking around, you can almost like see the pieces falling still, yep. or like you close your eyes and they're there. Uh huh. Or just a little bit of anxiety going at all times. <laughs> yeah. I try not to play Tetris to that degree these days. But Oh, here we go. So last episode we did, it was our top five Tetris-like games. And um, my number one, and I don't really like Tetris games in general, so take this for what it's worth. But my favorite one was a game that I had just played for the first time the episode previously, and that was Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. 
I really had a fun time with that one. So I would recommend checking that out if you're interested. Oh, I I think is that um, in Sonic Mania, the new Sonic game that came out a few years back. I played that recently, and I think one of the boss level, one of the bosses for one of the levels, is that. Is that I think game? they yeah they put that game in. You play like <laughs> a short round against Doctor Robotnik, and there's yeah there's like jelly jelly things falling right. Yeah, it's like Dude. little jelly things that kind of blob onto each other when they yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I thought that was so cool. I thought that was so cool that they did that. that I was think that's boss. pretty cool too. Wow, um, I didn't know that that was on there. Yeah, uh, yeah, no that that seemed fun. Um, yeah, and definitely sort of like a Tetris styled clone because it's like the falling pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Is that all you got for uh that I got for us? Yeah, yeah, that's all, all right. I got. Very good. Uh Jay Totaro, what you got to rant about? You said you weren't gonna rant, Jay. That was ten whole minutes. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um so for this episode of the podcast, Robert and I, I texted Robert this week because this game actually exceeds our original um restrictions on games because we set it to it was like November of two thousand five, I think. No, I just said like any any time in two thousand five is okay. So I thought we said a month to it. No, no, definitely deny. I think you asked about that, and I was like, no, any time in two thousand five is okay or before. So, so December two thousand five was is technically our cutoff, although we break that rule whenever we feel like it. Occasionally, yeah. (laughs) Well, I was gonna say, and I I think uh, in the next short while here, I'm not like planning this out but i think at times i will probably exceed it just by a little bit because there are certain games that i've wanted to play for a while and then talk about on the podcast pretty extensively and i wouldn't be surprised if you had some yourself robert um if i had like coming up soon yeah like if you if there are certain games you're like oh i really want to play this for the podcast but it's like 2006 like mid-tier or mid-year or yeah i mean if if something came out come up like that i probably would but i don't really encounter that very much usually i'm either playing a very modern game or or i'm like oh i want to play this game that came out in 1995 there's not, there's not a, usually <laughs> there's no in between for you yeah i mean there is but but not very often okay um so for this episode of podcast the reason obviously i bring that up is, is this succeeded that so this came out in march of 2006 um and i've actually talked about this game before on the podcast and just to give you a brief uh idea of how much so i bought this game right after we played the podcast or excuse me right after we filmed the last podcast and i've spent 205 hours in this game. <laughs> Holy shit. so i will say it is a bethesda game so there are bugs and one of the bugs that has happened sometimes after i'm done playing it will uh, still say, it'll still list in steam that i'm playing it which i think is accruing extra hours okay but usually i just close steam when i see that because it, otherwise it causes some other complications uh, but I've, I've spent over 100 hours at least. Uh, this is the Elder Scroll Oblivion. And so oh, wait, I've wait, talked which about... one? Is that a, that's four, right? Yeah, simply so. Let me scroll up here. Oh, stupid ad. Yeah, it's the yeah, fourth one. Four. Okay. Um, and so I talked, I've talked about the first one a few times. I've talked about some of the older ones, and I've talked about, obviously, Skyrim at times. And I've always been a really, really big, big fan of Oblivion. And oddly enough, I didn't play this game when it first came out. I was probably like 2010, 2011, when I put a lot of time into it. Um, initially, I played it for a little while because uh, one of my friends gave me a copy of it. And I played it for a little while, maybe like a couple hours, and then just kind of put it down. It just didn't really interest me. But the funny part was, is, is this was a game that you were kind of talking about um, you know, gaming magazines. This is a game that I followed go through gaming magazines because it was so hyped because it was the next iteration of the Elder Scroll game. And there were a lot of really um, kind of 
new age mechanics that they were trying to implement in this game. And they ultimately did. Um, an example of that was was physics. Essentially, if you bump into a table um, or if you jump near an object, you will move that object. And obviously, knowing it's a Bethesda game, there's a lot of really fun bugs with it. And I've had situations where I'll jump on a table and a goblet will like fly off into the corner and it'll <laughs> stop in air and just start doing 360 degree spins over and over. And nice. Over. Just some really, really funky stuff. Sometimes it's with weapons. Um, other times it's like there'll be traps that will get stuck in midair and the mob will just walk by and then suddenly it'll come down and kill them. <laughs> the physics in the game are, are, it's very cool that they did it. And it's obviously reaching, but there, there are some pretty fun bugs with it. There was one thing I remember reading about. I don't, this may have been on, um, what was the fifth one? Um, Skyrim? Fucking Sky, yeah, this may have been on Skyrim, I don't, but it could have been on uh, Oblivion, I don't remember. But it wasn't so much a physics thing as much of an AI thing, but there was something somebody discovered where you could, uh, you know, if you go into somebody's house and just, mm-hmm. like, start taking stuff, then they'll get angry. So what, <laughs> what you could do is you could get a bucket and walk up to somebody and just put it on their head. And so they can't see, and then just take whatever you want. I actually just, have I've heard of that stand before. There with I've, the bucket I think on I've seen that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are some pretty questionable bugs, um, but but that's obviously leading to this game is very uh, the buzzword, but open world. There's a lot of interactions, and one of the things that they really pushed for in this iteration of the game was they were trying to create a you know realistic type experience to interact with AI. And the AI in particular this game, generally they have a unique look to them. They have a unique story. Dialogue is actually pretty intricate. It sounds like a lot better than Shenmue. But it's it's some pretty intricate dialogue that you can go back and forth with. And depending on your reputation with the person, the dia- dialogue options are different. On top of that, according to what I read, people will age in this game. So if you actually do spend a ridiculous amount of time in this game, you will see people age over time. Which is really kind of creepy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that uh, well. So those are some of the things that they tried to do going into the game. I was very hyped when it first came out. Didn't play it very much, funny enough. And then I picked it up like four or five years later, and I loved it. And after playing all three of the Elder Scrolls, the the, the third, fourth, and fifth one, Oblivion is really the the strong one for me. I, I really enjoy this game, as, as you can imagine, spending you know as much time as I already have with this game. But there's so there's so much to it. There's enough variety that I that uh, keeps me enticed, and I really enjoy just creating different character designs and trying different builds. So to start, so essentially the game starts very simply. You you wake up in a, a jail cell, and essentially the another prisoner across the hall from you basically talks some shit to you for you being captured. Usually something to do with your race, which is kind of interesting that they'll make like comments about you know the specific race you are and why you're there. And then as you're standing in your cell, these very beefy, tough-looking guards walk up, and there's a person who looks like they are of royalty. It turns out they're the king. You're not supposed to be in that cell. That cell is supposed to be meant, uh, left open because there's a secret passage out of there. And essentially the game starts and the king is basically making comments that he believes his children are dead and that he is fleeing the castle. And so the game immediately picks you up and he walks up to you and he's like, hey, you look familiar. And he's like, oh, I've seen you in my dreams and my prophecies. You need to come with me. And then from that point on, you basically follow him through this labyrinth trying to escape the castle without getting murdered. Spoilers at the end of it. This is the prologue. Or, uh, excuse me. The epilogue. So it's like very, very early on. Um, so there's prologue. Oh, that is a prologue. Sorry. Um, so essentially, this part is just very training grounds to give you some introduction to the game. You ultimately fight a few things, um, and in the end result of it, the king dies, and you start your main quest. And so, like many of the older Elder Scrolls games, once you have that quest, that's obviously your main quest. You can follow that through, and there's really interesting quests that come with it. 
But the thing that is so great about this game is the interaction with the towns. There's many different towns that have unique people in them. So there's probably like 10 major cities that I would say at least. Um, usually the towns are unique layout, unique design, different building types. And then obviously there is a wide variety of people in them that do different things, which is really freaking bizarre. And so as you're walking through the city, um, you can basically interact with people. And then obviously you gain quests. Um, your ultimate goal, obviously, is to level up. You want to get stronger, get different abilities. So what's cool about this game is when you first start it, you choose a race, and then you choose sort of your primary abilities. And you choose these primary abilities because you want this to be your main focus of your class. There's obviously things like weapons, like blades and maces. Um, there's blocks, so you can either block with your fists or block with a shield. There's marksmen, the, the basic stuff, right? Then you have like sneak and lock picking if you want to play like a stealthy rogue type. Then you also have magic. So if you want to go for like heavy casting, go for destruction. If you want to be focused on like shielding and maybe moving objects or unlocking things, you can use alteration. If you want to be like a necromancer and summon mobs, there's, uh, I think it's conjuration, I want to say. Uh, but there's different schools of magic to play with different play styles. And so you could create a very unique character. So this, like most playthroughs, essentially I picked a weapon type. Uh, the ability to use a bow. And I was very focused on speechcraft because speechcraft allows you to have some unique dialogue options. And on top of that, people like you more. So you have a higher skill of bartering, uh, which can help you to level up. I also did alchemy because alchemy is a pretty fun skill. As you're going through the game, when you kill creatures, you can loot items off them or from the cities, there's like flowers you can pick up and you can make different types of potions that can have a pretty strong effect. So basically, when you start the game, you design your character however you want to do it. You could be a pure caster if you wanted to. You could just be an orc with heavy armor and just run around and just beat people to death. Um, but the game really does allow you to do what you want to do. And in this game, generally, most of them are pretty good. Uh, the way you level is you have to level the skills of your primary. So you choose six primary abilities that you want to have. So let's say you choose blade, block, marksman, et cetera, et cetera. Anytime those skills level up individually, your level up bar moves up. So if you pick some pretty interesting things like, like mercantile, so if you are really good at haggling, you'll level up from that. Or if you want to be focused on alchemy, so alchemy is one of your primary skills, you can level up purely just by making potions. So you can truly have your own experience. You don't have to be combat. There's a lot of playthroughs that I've seen where people have completely entirely skipped combat and just focused on building reputations and creating different things and you know whatever, whatever they need to in order to progress through the game. So it gives a good variety um, in order the different types of play styles. So uh, my character, I'm just about done with the game. I'm like 24. Um, you essentially can hit level 30 as the max level we can get to. And as you're leveling up, you raise your stats, which obviously affect your different abilities. Um, unlike the third installment, which a lot of people have horrid memories of, early on when you have low weapon skill, you don't miss over and over and over and over. So in the Morrowind 3, there's there's this really terrible mechanic where oh. if you had a low skill with something, <laughs> uh, you would yeah. just sit there and swing and just miss, 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 <laughs> yeah, miss, yep. miss. So thankfully, they didn't do that in this. It just affects the damage. Uh, so ultimately, you know, obviously, you level up your skill. Uh, it's really, really effective. I also forgot to mention something else you can do with mercantile to level is if you generate a lot of gold. So let's say you're a thief. You just go into people's houses. You have to pick the lock on their doors. The picking lock in this game is, is pretty cool. Uh, it's it's a fun little mini game. And the more skilled you are, the easier it is, obviously. So if you wanted to play like a, a thief, you could sneak into people's houses when they're sleeping. You actually can monitor them and figure out when they leave their house. They, they're all on kind of set schedules. When they leave their house, you rob them. It's like Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> they stole every idea from We Shenmue. see its influence yeah. even today. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go on. 
Oh, you're good. Um, so you can essentially take the stuff. You can't sell it to general vendors. You have to sell it to a specific person called a fence. And then you can use the gold in order to train with specialists in order to level up. So you could, again, not kill anything, but level your weapon skills very, very high doing so. So there's what I love about this game is there's a lot of resources at your disposal, and you can use all of them. You can choose to use some of them. You can be very focused on specific set of skills and, and master those, or you can just have a wide variety of things. You can be okay at picking locks, at sneaking up on people, at you know using different different spells to either destroy something or, or to create something to help you out. Um, yeah, so the, the difficulty of the game, you actually have the ability to turn the difficulty up or down at any point which is pretty cool. So generally I turn up just a little bit because the, the base game is actually, it's a pretty good average. I would say it's pretty medium. It's it's challenging to where you can't just run in and just be a jackass. But at the same time, you don't have to cheese the game or get a mob stuck in some sort of object in order to sit there and shoot it with your bow until it drops. It's it's a nice level balance. Now, when you turn it up, it gets That's ridiculous. The, the, even in the, the, um, the intro area, you could die very easily to the first mob if you turn the difficulty all the way up, which is pretty funny. Uh, so difficulty is really good. Uh, I, I really enjoyed being able to turn it up or down because there are certain mobs that are just ridiculous sometimes and you just want to kind of tone it down for a short little while. Uh, but it is nice to have the ability to do that. One of the, uh, I would say, interactive elements or the uh, things that creates immersion for me is obviously the game's called Oblivion. And so essentially what will happen is throughout the game, you'll be in town. And as you're, you're kind of progressing through the game, you go to these you go through these Oblivion gates, which take you to these really like volcanic looking planes. And essentially go there, there's very tough mobs, usually very unique mobs to the area, which means if there's unique mobs, there's unique herbs, which help you to obviously, you can make some cool stuff. Usually the potions or the ingredients you can find there make some pretty valuable potions. But essentially each one of these oblivion gates, you go to it, you have to find this tower. It's like a puzzle of some kind. You work your way through it. At the end, you kill one of these princes. And or excuse me, you don't kill one of the princes. You Sometimes there's a prince there, not all the time. And essentially, you'll kill the mobs there. And then when you get to the heart of it, you rip the Oblivion Stone out of it. And when you do that, you actually get portaled out of the gate and the gate closes. So the object is to obviously close these gates throughout the game. But what's really, really cool is there's these humanoid race uh, that are in these planes called Daedric. And they are obviously very focused on keeping these gates open and progressing and trying to ultimately take over the world. What's creepy about it is they will try to assassinate you throughout the game. So you'll be in an inn, right? You're just chilling. Like, I'll, I'll, you'll talk to the innkeeper. And all of a sudden, somebody will transform next to you, and you'll see that they're a Daedric, these really demonic-looking creatures, and they'll enchant their own like cloth rags to be armor, and they'll attack you, and they'll oh, try to assassinate. Cool. It's terrifying sometimes, because you'll be sitting in town, you're like, why are the guards running around? And then you turn around, there's like two Daedric people just chasing after you, and you're like, holy shit. Like, early on, it's it's terrifying. And the worst part is when you kill them, because they're, they're just enchanting rags, you don't get anything from them. So it's not like they're giving you Daedric armor or weapons. It's all enchanted cloths. So it's just some sh shitty rags that are worth nothing. It, it just creates a, a nice little element to it. And so every time, usually when you clear Oblivion Gates, the next time you're in town, you get to watch your back because somebody will try to kill you. Um, one of the cool things about the cities is there are these different factions you can join. There's the Mages Guild, there's the, and there's the doesn't really exist, but kind of exists Thieves Guild. So the Fighters Guild, as you can imagine, they're focused on doing what? They're good at physical combat. They have people who can train you, but they usually have quests revolving around you killing people or just or going around town. Like you'll go to the Fighters Guild and you can develop ranks by doing quests for them. And they'll be like, hey, there's a woman in town. She said she's had a rodent problem. Can you go check it out? You go check it out. You kill the rats. You go back, talk to the dude. He's like, thanks. You got some reputation. Here's some gold. And then as you progress further and further, they begin to trust you. And then they give you more complicated quests. Same thing with the Mages Guild. The Thieves Guild, however, they're not anywhere. You can't find them in town. But people always allude to them. Like, yeah, the Thieves Guild, I've heard about them, but I don't think they really exist. Like, okay. 
So essentially what happens is the first time you murder somebody. Uh, so essentially the, I murdered somebody because this lady was a total bitch. She, <laughs> in her story, she was such a bitch. She basically, she was working with her, her significant other. They were basically thieves and she, he, he got, to, he, he was going to, they like stashed their stuff out in, in the woods and she went to the police and ratted him out that he was a thief. And before she ratted him out, she basically took the stash and hit it. Or so she thought he followed her and actually moved it a third time. So when she actually ratted him out, she actually didn't have the gold. So then he got locked in prison. So she, what she wanted you to do is she wanted you to make buddy, buddy with him, figure out where you got the gold and give it to her or the items that were in this trust. So essentially you have to get arrested in order to go to prison, which is pretty cool on its own. Uh, so you go to prison and the guy's like, Oh shit, you're legit. Like you actually went to prison. Okay. And then he starts talking to you, you build a reputation. Ultimately you find out that she did all this. You don't know this till the end of it. And then when you, when you finally, uh, get him free because you break him free she tries to kill him she tries to hire somebody else to kill him and i was like Dude, this nice. this chick's such a piece of shit so at the end of it he's like hey i just want her necklace i gave it to her it belonged to my mother or something like that so i went to her room and she was asleep and she had the necklace on and i just killed her in her sleep you can you can one-shot people while they're asleep <laughs> and so after you do it um the next day when you're walking around town a random person like a homeless person will usually walk up to you or a beggar they just hand you a note they're like here, read this. And then you walk away. And when you read it, it tells you that the Thieves Guild does exist and to meet this guy at a certain time, at a certain place, usually midnight. So you go talk to the guy and then you build a reputation in order to join the Thieves Guild. And it's a very, very cool, deceptive... The, the Thieves Guild does not kill people. So they do things purely in deception and just sneaking around. So it just creates a, a bunch of quests that revolve around that, sneaking into people's houses, stealing specific items, but again, never killing people, which is kind of interesting. So there's these different houses you can go, or these different guilds, if you will, that have extra quests that you can do. There's a lot to this game, right? I've, I just talked about a bunch of different pieces of it. The story is actually pretty good. It's, it's, it's not super convoluted. It's pretty straightforward, thankfully. I thought they were going to go nuts with it. Uh, but so far, it's been very entertaining. I have done a lot of the main quests. I'm towards the end of it. But I'm also doing all these different side quests. And I haven't even visited all the towns. And I've probably explored 30% of the map. And I'm Damn. at least 100, probably 150 hours in. Whew. It's a very good game. And I haven't even talked about the combat. <laughs> the combat is, is good. Um, it is enjoyable. It is repetitive. Uh, as you can imagine, for those, for those who played Skyrim, it's basically the less evolved version of it. You essentially, in combat, if you're casting, you're generally just casting spells and backing up. Um, if you're using a bow, same thing. You can, you're just shooting people, and, and, and then if they get close to you, you're drawing your, your sword and shield, or if you're using a two-hander, or if you're using fists. So you can block attacks. You can counterattack based on that. And as you develop your skills, you get different abilities with it. So like the shield, when you get super high with it, excuse me, with the block, you can actually sort of, uh, when somebody strikes you, you can strike back with your shield to knock them off their footing to get some extra counter blows in. Uh, you get some cool power swings as you level up your mace. Different, different aspects like that that, you know, add a little bit of play style or give you more accessibility. Like you can't attack while jumping until you're a certain level acrobatics, which is super annoying because as you're jumping, you're like trying to swing your weapon and you can't because you always forget that you need a certain level of acrobatics, which comes pretty early. But it's just kind of annoying when you forget about it. Right. So there's all these different aspects to it, which make the game really fun. Um, leveling your skills is very fun. And then one of the things I did, I did a challenge with my friend. Um, we essentially turn up the difficulty as high as possible, and we try to play monks. Wore no armor, wore no weapons. Yeah. And it is surprisingly really fun. In this game, um, so you have three resources. You have your health, endurance, and you have mana. Obviously, mana does what it does. HP does what it does. Endurance, when you get low on it, your character 
will actually like kind of collapse like oh shit give me a minute like i need a second to recover so when you fight people with your fist you don't hit you don't damage their hp you damage their endurance and then when their endurance gets low you start knocking them down and then you start dealing life points to them so you can actually just beat people into the ground and the funniest part is is when they swing it you can block but you're blocking a weapon with your hands so you just kind of crisscross them over your face as you're getting chopped with like an axe or, or uh, like a mace or something or a sword excuse me and it's really really bizarre but the ca- counter attacks are really fun and surprisingly enough doing the, the the monk build was really really strong you level very quickly and i don't know i was just it was more effective than i thought even on the highest difficulty because you're essentially just stun locking things once you get their endurance low and you're just able to bully them into a corner uh which was pretty cool um what how's the uh like the story it's it's pretty good it's like i said before it's not it's not super convoluted which is nice you know normally when you get into these open world games the story gets a little bit convoluted but they really just created a straight line to complete the story but there's all these sort of side quests that you can do that have their own potential chains of stories to them that don't necessarily interact with the main story which i actually really appreciate it because when you get too uh what's the word like try to get too crazy with it usually it ruins the main story but it's actually a pretty interesting story so briefly essentially when the king dies he gives you his necklace and he's like hey they killed all my other children but i actually have i think it's a bastard i have a bastard who lives in this city he's actually supposed to be king the king has to have this necklace because bad shit will happen so you go find it you finally figure out where he is just by asking around town but obviously when you start asking around town the bad guys figured out. So when you get there, they're raiding the town where he lives. You have to defend him. You find him. You give him the necklace. You tell him what happened. He gets basically dubbed king. And then you have to help him travel to a faraway place where they can't get to him. It's like a fort, of, uh, like a castle almost. And that's kind of the, the main story of it. It's very fun because you're essentially under threat the entire time. It's very anxiety-ridden because the whole time you're thinking, like, at any point, people are going to try and come out of nowhere and kill this guy. So... It creates some cool suspense, um, and then the story just kind of evolves. Once you get there, you start building a reputation with the city he's at, and it just expands from there, and you start learning different aspects of it. Is there stuff, is there good, like, uh, if you want to play it from, like, a more of a role-playing perspective, is there stuff to do sure. besides just fight and go on, you know, like, go on the, uh, kind yeah. of do the storyline and do you can... and stuff? I spend a lot of time interacting with people because unlike Shenmue, there's some pretty unique dialogue options. And on top of that, <laughs> uh, on top of that, there's this mini game that you get in order to basically raise or lower your reputation with somebody. And it's not super complex. Essentially, you have four options and each one uh, basically gives them a facial response if they like it or not. So you can quickly identify which ones they like and you it, cha- it sort of changes. It's hard to explain, but there's this dial that's going around and it basically it's kind of a timing game that, that goes into it. And you can, you can do this in order to build a reputation and then you get some more unique dialogue options from the people that usually ult- ultimately turn into some sort of quest. And what I really like about this game is it's not cut and dry. Most of the stories or most of the side quests, it's not like, hey, uh, rats are attacking my farm. Can you go help the farm? It's like, hey, uh, my wife went missing and coincidentally enough, my all the money I had was gone as well. Can you investigate that? And then you go and investigate her and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, it was probably his stepson. And then you go talk to his stepson and you find his corpse in the woods. And you're like, what Damn. the fuck? And it's like, all of a sudden, it, this is just, this isn't an actual quest. This is just how it really, how it feels in this game. And then you find his corpse and there's like a note. And it's like, this is what you get for, you know, doing something. You're like, what the fuck? And then it just keeps like branching wow. out. And you're like, wait, what quest am I doing? And, and meanwhile, you've got, you've, you've earned three new quests along the way. <laughs> yeah, that you right. haven't even started. Yeah, I, I have to take a break sometimes. I'm like, okay, stop doing the main quest. Let's start cleaning up some. Let's let's clean up the quest a lot. <laughs> do, um, do you have so, to join a guild? 
or is that just purely optional? I don't believe so. I, I don't believe so. I, I actually, I haven't, I guess I did join the Thieves Guild, but I haven't joined the other two guilds. Okay. Maybe I have, maybe I have joined the other two, but I've done some small quests for them. Um, but no, I don't think you do, but there's some pretty cool benefits to it. You build a reputation, they give you some cool items, and later on, I believe they give you the ability to enchant some of your items, pretty, which is pretty powerful. Um, and the gear looks really cool in this game, and the, you really feel the upgrades. It reminds me a lot of some older school, old school RPGs where some of the gear you get, it's like, holy shit, you notice the difference. Like when you get an upgraded shield or a weapon or just like a full set of armor, it's, oh, perfect quest. This is my favorite quest so far. So uh, this lady is like, hey, my husband's missing. Uh, he owed some money. He was gambling. He did some stupid shit. I assumed at some point he was going to get killed. But the last guy that saw him was this orc. So you go to this, you go to this inn, and there's this decked out orc. I mean, he's just wearing some kick-ass armor <laughs> with a kick-ass weapon, and it's glowing. And it's just it's, it's glowing. Just, oh, it, it's <laughs> that's, that's how you know. And you're like, hey, well, what's up? And he's like, I have no reason to talk to you. Go fuck off. You're like, okay. So then I come back and I charm him a little bit. You can bribe him as well to build a reputation. So you talk to him again. You're like, I'm looking for this dude. He's like, yeah, I may have heard of him. Why? And he's like, uh, his wife's looking for him. He's like, okay. How about this? That dude owes me a lot of money. But I just heard about this dope-ass axe that resides on this island. If you help me get the axe, and I'll go with you, I will uh, give you the dude back. I'll tell you where he is. And he's like, you better hurry, though, because he's probably not going to survive for very long. It's like, what the fuck? So so you're like, okay. You talk to him again, and he's like, okay, I agree to the quest. He's like, great. Let's go get in the boat. So you get in the boat, you get on the island, and there's this big-ass tower. And he's like, okay, let's go inside. Uh, The axe should be down in the catacombs. You go inside, the gate shuts. And he's like, oh, I forgot to mention the fact that I actually sell hunting goals to different people. So there's four hunters. They're looking for you. Uh, in order to get out, you have to kill all four of them. And when you get inside this dungeon, the dude's there. The dude you're looking for, and he's like, hey, sorry you got caught. Yeah, there's four hunters in here. They're terrifying. So you have to go through this <laughs> trap-infested dungeon where there's these four guys that know you're there. And they try to kill you. And you, I killed them all because I'm just the best. And there's a lot of loot and items that I got from which is really cool. And then you get outside and the orc has the dude and he beats him to death. And he's like, yeah, fuck that guy. I didn't like him anyways. And he's like, by the way, good job on the game. I'm not going to let you leave. So then you have to kill him. <laughs> and it's like you finally kill him. And then you take an article of clothing from the dude who you were there to find back to his wife. And she's like, yeah, I figured as much. But thanks for going. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, it's rough. And if you aren't prepared for it, I completely forgot about it. And you don't have like arrows or potions or whatever you need in order to be successful. It's like, oh, this is a bad time for me to be here. And I'm trapped. And I can't leave without <laughs> fighting these guys or, or dying to them. So that was a really cool quest. That's probably my favorite quest so far. But I've had a few of those where there's just really intricate quest lines that just go on and on and on. So uh-huh. this, this is a great game. This is a very fun game. I am enjoying it immensely. It's I, So one thing I, try, I, I think I told you a little bit this before. I turn off my other monitor when I'm playing games so that I get more immersed in whatever I'm doing because it just helps me to focus. Gotcha. And Oblivion, I've been doing it for like a month now. And Oblivion, I started playing Oblivion about three weeks ago. And I will tell you, my experience with this game was much, much better. The, the, I got way more immersed in the game. I enjoyed everything about it. The music sort of plugged me into it. And it was way better than having Oblivion on my main monitor and like watching a Twitch stream on my side monitor. And it's been a really, really cool experience so far. And I plan to do it when I play WoW in a couple weeks here, too. But Awesome. Great game. Really, really enjoyed it. Bugs, there are bugs, uh, by the way. It's a Bethesda game. There are bugs. Even though I have the purchase client from Steam, there's still a lot of bugs. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Any any really good ones? Any besides 
Minus the physics. Um, the fact that I like it's so frustrating. Sometimes when I'll try to load the game, it's like you can't load the game, idiot. It's running, and I'm like, no, it's not, asshole. It's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, I'm like, god damn it! I hope my task manager. It's like oblivion.exe. I close it, and it's like, no, it's still running. <laughs> oh my god! Damn. Yeah, that's that's probably the worst bug I've had so far. I did play that one a little bit uh, in the past, but man, you. That may, you made it I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to keep selling you on games. Oh, by the way, Sean Bean does some of the voice acting. There's some pretty, oh, pretty really? good voice actors. Yeah, he plays one of the main... Uh, he plays a couple characters, I think, but he plays Boris, which is one of the guards you work with early on. Early on. I, th- I think he plays Boris. No, he plays the king. He plays the new king. I'm sorry. He plays the, the bastard son. How, how, um, how do you like this one compared to uh, Oblivion? Because I know there are... This pl- is Oblivion. I'm sorry. Compared to uh, fucking... What's the fifth one? Skyrim? Skyrim. Skyrim. Because um, I've heard plenty of people say that they like this one the best out of all I like of them. This one more. I've spent more time playing this than I have Skyrim. Really? In just this session, I think I've spent more time playing this than Skyrim. I, the only thing that I wish they would have, that obviously, they, that I wish they could adopt is the fighting style. I thought the fighting was a little bit more intricate in Skyrim, and I liked it. I did like the talent trees as well, but man, it was way, way, way too open world. They, they did the thing where it's quali- uh, quantity Skyrim over quality. Was- yeah, for, okay. for me, this is my personal experience. Right. If, if other people enjoy it, obviously enjoy the shit out of it, whatever you enjoy, right? But I felt it was way too open. I felt like there was way too much going on everywhere, and it just felt like a rinse and repeat. It was like, oh, I found this dungeon. Let me just clear it. Oh, I found another dungeon. Let me clear it. And then you go to town. It's like these really simplistic dialogues and quests. Whereas Oblivion, I felt like there was just the right number of characters that you interact with in all the different cities in the game where you're like, oh, it's that person. They have this storyline. I remember this person. And what's great is usually after you interact with somebody and it's a positive interaction, they greet you warmly the next time you talk to them, which is really cool. It's a nice little touch that makes it feel a a little bit more real. Whereas if you piss somebody off, you walk up to them, you'll talk to them and they'll literally just shut you down. They'll be like, I don't want to talk to you. And they'll just walk away. Which, yeah. Yeah, great game. Damn. Sounds like it. I like the the intricate quests. I do too. It's not that, uh, or it's it's common sometimes for RPGs to just have basic fetch quests, or uh, you know, ones where you're shepherding an NPC somewhere or clear out a dungeon. I like the sort of twists in the quest. That sounds cool. I do too. And there were a lot of those generic quests. Obviously, the real simple stuff. You got to have that in there, right? Kind of gets you in the group. And kill quests are fun. And you can just walk around and just clear dungeon after dungeon if you want to. It does get really monotonous, and I got kind of bored of it at times, so I would stop myself. And then I would go back to doing quests because the quests add a little bit of spice usually to the to the dungeons too. They'll add an right. extra element, which makes it a little bit more fun. So I try to avoid just grinding all these dungeons because there's probably a few hundred at least um, right. in the in the world. So yeah, the little bit of story that you get with it made it a little bit more flavorful and enjoyable. Hmm. Wow, sounds really good. All right, on to top fives. Bum, this bum, time bum. it is top five. Our our top five sound effects. In classic video games, uh, we had a, <laughs> a little bit of a misunderstanding <laughs> between uh, gaming. Jay oh, it was understood I. properly. It was definitely <laughs> understood properly. It was made incorrectly. Listen, let me let me let me reiterate that a miscommunication where I communicated the wrong thing. There it is. Uh, <laughs> I told, it I, was very confusing. So Jay, so I told Jay, hey, we're doing this and that. Here's our top five, and then um, he was, and then Jay said, oh, this will be. This sounds kind of hard, but I'll see what I can come up with. I was like, yeah, you know, this is a little hard, but it should be fine. It should be fine. 
And then today we were talking back and forth via email, and Jay was like, can you give me some uh, some examples of what you're doing? Because I'm not really sure. I'm having a little trouble coming up with this. I told him, you know, here's here's one of my sounds that I picked, and here's another sound that I picked. And, uh, and Jay responded, oh, so you're just doing sounds? Okay, I guess that helps a little bit. And I was like, well... Yes, obviously we're doing just sounds because the top five is our favorite sound effects. Then I went back and looked at the email uh, that I sent him originally and I said special effects. <laughs> I told him that our top five for this episode was our top five special effects in video games. Can I just and- say, when I read that, <laughs> I got your email. We're going to be doing top five special effects in video games. You know, like the sound Mario makes when he jumps. I thought... What the hell is a video game special effect? <laughs> and I really sort of like was thinking, okay, like what could count? And then I was like trying to come up with stuff. And uh, I finally broke down and was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I better email them to make sure that uh, I don't embarrass myself. You tonight. know what that's, that sounds like? It sounds like something some... 70 year old dad or grandpa would say like oh this video game's got good special <laughs> effects <laughs> so uh yeah that we got that cleared up Th- thankfully we got that cleared up uh hours before recording yeah, yeah so uh you didn't have much of a chance to build your list but hopefully you had enough to uh to get something going there <laughs> i think i got uh, once we were we were narrowed down to sound the task became much easier <laughs> i remember reading like Oh, so it needs to be sounds. And I was like, well, obviously it needs to be sounds. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got that cleared up. Um, why don't we start with, uh, let's go in reverse order. Uh, Jay Totoro, why don't you go first with your number five? No? I'm still muted. I double muted myself. Uh, I was typing. I just don't want to be rude. Um, my number five is these uh, the opening of the chest noise from Zelda, uh, specifically from the N64 ones. Just that that creak noise always gets me good. You know I can't. About? No, I don't remember that. Ooh, let me send you a link here. Hold on. Just a just do it with your just just do it vocally. Oh yeah, let me just quickly make a <laughs> creak. Hold on. Please stand by. Never mind. I don't care anymore. That's rude. I still care. You know, Robert, now I'm not going to share it with you. I was going to share you this personal <laughs> moment with you, but now I don't want to. Oh, no, I want to know. Nope. Sorry. Never again. Here, hold on. Sorry. I'm trying to find one that actually has a good sound. We'll, we'll, we'll go on, and when you get it, okay. you let us know. Uh, J. David. What's your number five favorite sound effect from a... My number five uh, favorite was uh, the enemy death sound in uh, Golden Axe for the Sega Genesis. Oh, wow. It's, it, it sounds like a baby crying. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you kill, like, you know, some guy with, like, a handlebar mustache, shirtless, muscly <laughs> with a mace... Or you kill like a female who's acrobated her way onto a dragon and is fighting you. They all sound like a baby when they die. It's this weird little. What? That's amazing. <laughs> I don't. So that used to be my favorite game when I was little, and somehow I don't remember that at all. 
Yeah. You know, I, I always thought it was like as a kid, I was like, oh, they picked a baby crying for the death sound. That's weird. <laughs> but I've gone back and listened as an adult, and I'm pretty sure it is like an adult dying. But the way it's been digitized, if you don't really pay attention, it kind of sounds like a baby. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. I like it. Um, by the way, I think, you know, Jay, Tadaro, you and I um, were trying to remember if we had done this one before. And I think we have because as I was coming up with ideas, I think I remember uh, one or two, at least one in particular that that you and Blake brought up. Because I thought about it for mine, and then I remembered us talking about it on the podcast, and it may have been in a different context, mm-hmm. um, but I do think I remember, I, I know I remember us talking about the sound effect for sure, I don't know for sh- necessarily- It wouldn't if, surprise me. If it was on for a top you know, five, but it may have yeah. been. Anyway. It wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, that's just a side note. So I left that one out. I'll go over it at the very end, um, if it's not in yours. My number five is- uh, I had a little bit of trouble coming up with some good ones for this list. Um, my number five and four, I'm not super happy with, but I'm, but I'm, but they're, but I think they're still pretty good. My number five is in uh, for Super Nintendo, the first John Madden football. The players constantly, every single player on the field, constantly grunting throughout every single play <laughs> as they run into each other. Every single play, you just hear as players are blocking or running into each other or, you know, bumping into each other or tackling each other, whatever it may be. Everybody, every single player on the field is making the the exact same sound uh, as they touch anything, basically. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, Jay, back to you. Number four. Number four. This is a good one. Final Fantasy VII, when you kill a boss, uh, the sound effect it makes when, you know, do you remember the, the sound effect it makes when they're disappearing after you've killed them? They basically turn, like their their shape turns into an all red figure and slowly fades away and it goes. I'm sorry, no. What? Robert! <laughs> I'm sorry. I also don't know the sound effect. Yeah, Have see? you guys played Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, Final Fantasy, hell yeah. But you said Final Fantasy uh, 4, didn't you? A long time ago. I, I guess I'm just getting links ready for all of them. Wait, which Final Fantasy are you talking about, first off? Seven. Okay, for some reason I thought you said four. But no, I don't no. remember that either. What? Okay, I just sent it to you. Do you remember that noise? Every time you kill a boss, it makes that noise. Where is this? I just put it in our chat in here. I don't think you did. No, it's in the hundreds, sorry. It's in the upper, the hashtag 100 above us. Okay, all right, let's see. I always forget how Discord works with there that. There we go. Oh, that's a good one. I do kind of remember that now. If you had told me, I wouldn't recognize it. But now that you say that, I do sort of remember. Why it's so iconic to me is there were certain bosses like Demon Gate at the end of the first disc that was so challenging that when you finally beat it and that it flashed, because it does like a bright white flash, the boss turns all red and starts to fade away. This noise hits and you're like, yes. So that noise is like, it was a reprieve in certain certain, uh, cases. Okay. All right. That's a good one. I like it. You got the the Rob stamp of approval. Perfect. That's what I'm going for in life, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay. All right. Um, for my number four, um, I actually wanted to pick one of the Zerg sounds from the original Ooh. StarCraft. 
Oh, very nice. I played a lot of that game to the point where, like, the songs would just be playing in the background in my head in high school. And uh, uh, Zerg was always my favorite race. Same, Um, same. Yeah, they they were just so cool. This, I, I remember I was really into Command and Conquer before StarCraft. I really love the military and stuff, but like StarCraft did this like alien, like xenomorph style race. Three unique or, races. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, well, three unique. Yeah, and that were well balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what are you going with? Oh, uh, honestly, I have written down every Zerg sound, but I'm going to try to pick one. <laughs> Dude, I, no I, joke. I couldn't, fi- I couldn't figure out which one to pick, so I thought I'd do it on the spot. <laughs> I, I think. Okay, it's between the Hydralis death, yes. death sound or the selecting the hatchery. I think I'll go Hydralis. Oh, is yeah. this, this you're talking about Brutor, right? Yeah, yeah, where they go yeah. blah blah yeah. when that they is. die. Dude, even even their spitting noise, their attacking noise yeah. is classic. It's a, like, yeah, it sounds yeah, like it does sound like them spitting. Yeah, literally. Yeah. What's the, Dude, I love I love the lurkers. Lurkers, uh, that noise is so That's just, a good one. It's like ASMR, like it's just so good for your ears. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Unless so, you're playing Terran, in which case, no. So you said the ha- selecting the hatchery, or what was the other one? The Hydralisk, Hydralisk. Uh, death sound. Death sound. I, well. I think I'll go with the Hydralisk death. Even though I like being Zerg, it was like their scream was just so iconic. What was the Hydralisk selection sound again? They like selection was <sighs> just them growling, yeah, or yeah. hissing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What was the death? Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What was the death sound of them? The death was sort of like a... Yeah, they explode. Cause they, yeah. They, yeah, uh, you know what I love is I love clicking on the ultralisk cavern. That noise it was that was a terrifying noise, oh, and yeah. then the attack noise of an ultralisk. Oh, just so <laughs> yeah. good, just so rich, just meaty. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one, man. I'm so jealous. I didn't think that I love Starcraft. <laughs> like the zealot attacking noise. Oh, oh yeah, yeah like the grunt and the the sort of sword sound. Yeah, yeah. the um. Yeah. The hatchery selection, it was just kind of like a slimy yeah. sort of, right? And that yeah. one was? Okay. And, and that Somebody one, I, I, I really liked how it, like, they did such a good job designing the sounds because it really made you feel like it was this, like, you know, nebulous blob of a biomatter, you know? Like, just <laughs> clicking on the buildings. It, it, and if you did it multiple out. times, there was different noises, too. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I always used to do that in Blizzard games. You click on all the guys over and over and, like, hear what they'll say. Yep, the t- start talking oh, shit yeah. to you. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really jealous. good one. I am also jealous. My number four is not nearly as good, but it's also it's all right. Uh, is Mario walking in the original Donkey Kong? You remember this? Oh yeah. that just cracks me up for some reason. I don't know if I ever really paid much attention to it until Jay Totter. I think you mentioned it at one point. Not too long, like maybe a few months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, you know what? That is really great. Just yep. the the whole entire game, every single step gets its own little beep. It's kind of it's just like it's not like a great sound effect, but it's just hilarious that they decided to include a sound effect for every single step that you take in the game. I, I feel it. like a lot of older games kind of did that, like did games of that era. Like like not. I think it came from Donkey Kong, um, but yeah, like. Like I can't think of any. Um. Well, Pac-Man has his walk a walk, but that's not quite walking. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first one that came to my mind. You know what I'm thinking? There are some games on like the ZX Spectrum, um, some like really early platformers that I think okay, that makes sense are kind of like yeah, and I think they came after Donkey Kong, 
if I'm remembering my timelines correctly. So they might have sort of been emulating it. But yeah. It's funny yeah. that back then, apparently the thought process was, we have to have sound effects for footsteps. Yeah, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. For every single step you take. Oh man, you to... put that on the front of the box. Like, <laughs> every now every with footstep step... sound effects. <laughs> every footstep makes a beep. Yeah. All right, uh, Jay Totoro, what you got? Number three. Number okay, three. ready? Ready? Yeah. You're playing no. your buddy from Smash Brothers, right? The home run bat drops. They're trying to get back on the edge. You equip it, power swing, land the crit, and what do you hear? That iconic noise that just every time I hear it is either the most frustrating noise in the world, you the king when you're about to get a critical oh, strike on somebody. Right. Oof. It's either the best noise in the world or the last fucking thing you want to hear in that moment. But either way, somebody's gonna die. That noise always just oof. That's a good one. one. Of those good ones. That is a good one. All right, Jay. Number three. Um, for number three, uh, have you guys ever heard of River City Ransom? Yes. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, I have the punch sound from that. <laughs> that the the ba- basically the sound of landing a hit on another guy. The sort of it's like a it's like somebody is punching a bag of leaves or something. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a very or no maybe like punching <laughs> punching uh, meat. I don't know. It, it's a really good sound. This is getting more and more interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I played that game so much. River City Ransom was a great um, sort of like open world uh, final fight almost. You run around the city in any order you want, beating everybody up. And uh, just that you'd hear that sound over and over and over. And it was just such a well done punch sound. It was so satisfying. Um, Yeah, just I love that sound even to this day. I have a story about uh, bags of leaves. What? Bags of leaves. (laughs) When I was in high school, my friends and I, uh, we, you know, so we wanted something fun to do where we could like do something that we weren't supposed to, but we didn't want to like do anything seriously bad. So what we did to be, I guess, badass rebels back in 11th grade was to drive around and, uh, I would sit in the passenger seat. My buddy and typically like one or a couple other friends would be with us would, would be driving and we'd drive around the neighborhood and look for people who had bags of leaves in there that they had raked up from their yard yeah. and they're like sitting out on their driveway and I would jump Aww. out, cut the bag open and dump the leaves everywhere. That's so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, as far as getting into trouble in high school goes, yeah. I think that's not that bad. People but at the same time, it is mailbox, kind of yeah. a dick thing to do, obviously. I'd be kind pissed, of. Dude. Yeah, I, I don't feel particularly proud of that uh, by any means. I, I feel like I'd have a stroke after that. I come out and say, like, what the fuck? Like, did I just have a stroke? <laughs> But if obviously it's yeah, it's a nasty thing to do. But if, for instance, my kid came and she was like, "I have to tell you, I have to confess something that we did this weekend." If all it was was cutting somebody's bags of leaves open and not like, "Oh, I went and did crack," then I would probably I pooped in the bag afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? We didn't we didn't do it for that long because eventually we did we did get a conscious about it, uh, a conscience about it. So what we did after that was we would go to McDonald's and buy cheeseburgers and then go leave them on people's doorsteps. They... Interesting. That is such a mind fuck. 
I would not eat that cheeseburger. No, but you'd be like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> they know I'm not going to eat it. Why would they leave it? That's funny. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that aside. That just made me think of that. Th- that's our podcast in a nutshell. So. <laughs> All right. Number three for me is the original Legend of Zelda. The sword blast when you have full health and yes. you use your sword and it shoots yeah. the laser sword. That bling. I can't even describe it. Oh my! The beginning oh, of it too. Like. It's just the it's, it's a it's the perfect video game sound. It isn't. It's like the quintessential sound that you think of when oh this is what a classic video game sound sounds like. That's exactly what it is. Just that little. Bling. It, it like sounds like it's powering up too. That's the funny part because the first beginning of it is like it sounds like it's pulling in and then just pushing all. Yeah, the power and it up. sounds kind of like a little like like it's making a little splash or it's kind of like squishy right yeah. in the beginning. And it's yeah. Like, oh man, Goodness. I've always loved that one. Did they use that sound effect in the Link cartoon that was out around that time? Oh, I think shit, they hell did. If I, know. They? I don't. Yeah, I, I have no clue. You're asking the wrong person. I'm sorry. No. The you guys you you guys know the cartoon I'm talking about the mm-hmm. one where he always goes excuse me princess <laughs> I don't remember that I vaguely remember a it, it, was a really it was a really bad cartoon really bad cartoon basically the premise of it was Link was just trying to get a kiss out of Zelda in every episode and she was constantly Classic. saying no but he was too aggressive oh, I mean the awesome. future would never fly these days it was very <laughs> had a very sort of uh, rapey vibe to it but oh good. <laughs> My but favorite. I'm pretty sure they use that sound effect. Interesting. <laughs> like in the show. I don't remember. I don't know if I ever even watched it. I just know, like, I can picture it in my head. I don't know if I've just seen clips or if I ever watched it at all, period. So, yeah, I definitely don't know on that one. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. All right, Jay, what do you have for number three? Uh, number two. No, 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 uh, my number two is... Oh, sorry. Wait. Jay David? Oh, me? Yeah, number three. Wait, are we going out of order? You went before me last time. No, he goes, you, me, Jay. Oh, I, for whatever reason, I thought you were third. Okay, my apologies. Uh, Just don't let it happen again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, my number two, I have the ping sound in Contra when your bullet hits like a bad guy. Mm. I don't remember. So, I'm not uh, to remember this. Hold on a sec. It's uh, like a just a ping, ping, ping. Very satisfying. Um <laughs> Every single boss had like a weak point, and when you were hitting that weak point, you'd be getting the pings, and it was how you knew that you were making progress. How do I not remember that? I and I, I didn't play a ton of Contra, but I did play some. I, I feel like I don't know why I don't remember that. Yeah, I think it was the same sound in both Contra and Super Contra, the sequel. Um, okay, but yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually don't remember this that well. That's crazy. Well, you got to right. go play some Contra. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> All right, Jay. Uh, now my number two. Uh, I had to have one on here that was a gimme. This is uh, from Mario. I didn't do the coin, didn't do the mushroom noise, but one of the noises that always got me good was the sound of Mario going down the pipe. That noise is Ooh, just that's a good so one. perfect. Oh, yeah. and specifically the regular Nintendo one, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah of course. That, that's it's classic. Oh, it's just you hear that noise and you know you're going into a completely different zone or you're going to just a different part of the level. It's just ah, oh, just so good. Such a good feeling. I like it. And somehow it feels so right that that is the sound for going in a pipe, but going yeah, in a real yeah, pipe. Oh my God, never... I think about that. Like, Why is that the noise? Yeah, every yeah. time stuff goes down the drain, 
in my sink, it goes bork, bork, bork. Yeah, it's because you have it in your sink. Jesus. <laughs> All right. That's an awesome one. My number two favorite sound effect is uh, any character talking in the original Star Fox. I love it. I can I always I've always loved that sound. It just obviously it's totally nonsensical, that's the point. But it just it just sounds hilarious to me. I think it's funny how they they decided to go with that instead of like actually digitizing any of the the audio. And so yeah, or even, you know, in the Sims, they have my, my oh, daughter. Yeah. My daughter plays a lot of Sims Four, and and that they they do it perfectly. They have kind of a it sounds like a language, but they don't say right. any words. It'll be like higgle liggy fla, hegadoogie bloggy blow. But th- in Star Fox, they didn't even go that far. It's just. You know what? I'm remembering now that in isn't it Star Fox 64 they actually do have the characters speak. Yeah, I think it's 64 where they do speak. Yeah, and I didn't like that as much. I, I like the old. Yeah, on, on Super Nintendo. Yeah, just the. Yeah, yeah I, I I agree. I you know I don't think I I disliked it on Nintendo 64. I think they did a I think they did a pretty good job with it, but I do prefer right. it just to be you know just sound effects for the instead of actual words that they're speaking yeah yeah on super nintendo all right jay uh number what's your number two or number one uh uh, i think this is supposed to be your number two what do you see i feel like we fucked it up last time i think we fucked it all right everybody okay i've done four which ones i've everybody i've done four what have your well shit okay then Jay Totoro, I got us out of order. You give us your number one. I swear to God, I'm never going to trust you again. <laughs> All right, so this no, you're one right. You're right. I remember now. Okay, yeah, we're on to you. We're supposed to be on to you. Okay. Uh, there's so this was a tough one for me. So all of these come from Animal Crossing, but there's one that I really a couple of honorable mentions specifically to this game. The first one is whenever you receive or give away an item in this game, you pull it out of your pocket as if that's completely normal, and it makes this. Noise whenever you pull things out of your backpack. Classic noise. One of the best noises from the game. But my favorite noise in the game is when you are in your in your house. It, this is Animal Crossing for the GameCube, and you want to rotate an object. Your character does this like thing where they swing both their hands at the same time in the direction you're trying to spin the object, and it makes this noise. I gotta send it to you. Hold on, because I, I cannot even. <laughs> that so this is when you're rotating an object that you're putting in your house. Jay? Yes, sorry, I'm typing. I don't want to be rude. Okay. Uh, yes, so whenever you rotate furniture in this game, let me see if I can find a video. It might be very too specific. Let's find out. There it is. Okay. Uh, 14 seconds in. I put it in the same chat I did before. All right. That noise has just always been just the best noise. For me, I don't know why. I just really like that noise. Little wee. Uh, hold on. Let me see. Hold on. Fourteen. It's actually at fifteen. Sorry, fifteen. It's when they, when she spins the headstone. All right, hold on. Be quiet for a second so I can play it on the uh, on the audio. 
All it does is make a little swish. I like that noise. Don't don't call that a swish. <laughs> it's a little swish sound. Don't be rude, Robert. J. David, is that a switch sound? A sw swish swish sound? Swishy. 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 It's not bad. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not talking bad I'm not talking shit about it. Yeah, but you're typing shit about it. I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm I'm typing a message secretly to Gaming J about how bad this sound effect is. How dare you? Can you believe he picked a Switch? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Gaming J, I believe, should be your sure. turn. So you go ahead. Yep. Um, so I just realized that my last two picks were also Nintendo sounds. So my top pick's a Nintendo sound. I think I'm biased, guys. Um. I was trying to think of like what are like unusual or iconic sounds, and I kind of thought of something that uh, seemed a little askew. And so I don't know how how much this sort of counts, but I was thinking of when you're playing Zapper games on the NES and you shoot. Mm. There's this the the second that you pull the trigger. You get a click out of your gun while yeah. the screen flashes, and you get sort of a. Whoosh. That's a good one. Like, That's a good one. There, there's like this weird, satisfying combination between like the click that you feel and you hear, and also the reaction on the screen. And so all together, sort of the swish and the click, uh, is like a sound that like you just, in fact, is really hard to capture in like modern games where you're not physically holding like a zapper like that. So yeah, um, I. That's a really good one. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It kind of adds a sort of a um, kineticism to it because mm -hmm. you're pulling it. There's a physical input. It makes a nice click sound. You feel a nice click. And at the same time, like you said on the screen, is a whoosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, you know, like I, I was never that big into shooting games before I really started playing Nintendo, but I really like the zapper and there weren't tons and tons of games for it. And there were some games that were quite bad, but there were a couple that weren't bad. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Even just like duck hunt. Uh, I remember playing that years after, you know, I was, you know, like in university and stuff. And I was sort of amazed at how well it held up. And it's just such a basic game, but it's still so satisfying to hear those sounds and play with the gun. So yeah, I, I went with that. Nice. Yeah. All right. My number one is uh, the sound that it makes in Diablo 2 when a ring drops. Ooh. <laughs> Doesn't, isn't that the ding. best sound? Just, yeah, just a ping. It does like the shuka shuka. Wing. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good one. I love it. I, no other game has made a sound effect that sticks with me just like that. It's just a little, it's just such a satisfying. I, I just that's all there is to it. It's simple. It's perfect. Blizzard does good sound design. Yeah, agreed. A uh, couple honorable mentions. Start the, uh, the Sega intro whenever you load up a Sega game. The <laughs> oh man, that's a good one. And the GameCube one. All the three of those was like, man, I should put these on here. But... I, I actually had the PlayStation intro as well at one point. It's it's so iconic. It's it's so catchy. Yep. Uh, the Waka Waka from Pac Man. And then, obviously, the Sonic the Hedgehog ring gain uh, and lose noises. 
Um, I had uh, as as one other one I was toying around with was the announcer from NBA Jam, but I didn't <laughs> count it as a single sound effect. But right. You know, mm-hmm. From downtown, boom shaka <laughs> He's on fire. He's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay Totoro. the The reason I was thinking that I, I'm pretty sure we've done this one before is because of one sound effect that I'm very surprised you didn't include on your list, which okay. was the death sound. On... Oh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Yep. Yeah, I had it on here. I, I thought I talked about it before, so I avoided that. That's a very good sound. Oh, yeah. dude, the, it sucks in the remake. They fucked it up, but the old one, oh, it's just gratifying when you kill certain people. And it like, like resonates. This. Yeah, like certain bad guys, you're like, I just want them to just die so bad. And then when you kill them, that noise comes out, you're like, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually pull it up real quick. Uh, a good one. Make sure to use the one for PlayStation, not the one for, uh, I think it's Vita. Oh, gosh, this one apparently. There it is. If you send it to me, I can tell you. This one says Death Screams, but I'm pretty sure this first one here that I just played on the podcast uh, is the is the one. Here it is. Oh, I post it. I yeah. confirm. Okay, cool. Yeah. If that's not it, tell me which one it is. That's um, that's a bad guy. Oh, is um, that a bad guy? Yeah, yeah. That, uh... see, see if you can pull up the real one because uh, it's worth. It's worth playing. For sure. Kind of hard to find. All right. Well, if you find it, let me know. Okay. Don't feel like you have to search for it all night. Um, but we're I about won't. to wrap things up anyways. We got Okay. First off, our next top five is games. This is this is thank you to, uh, to, to Gaming Jay who came up with this one for us. Games that you played. Top five games that you played only at a friend's house. So one that you never owned yourself. But you really loved, and for some reason you never ended up buying it, but you always loved it when you played it at a friend's house when you were little. I feel like I want to write you guys in for that one. Dude, you should. <laughs> I will, I will. Alright, good. Uh, on to emails. We only have one this time. Aww. But it is from, guess who? Chase the Night Cleaner. The best emailer of the wall, Chase the Night Cleaner. Chase says, Hello, gentlemen, and Gaming J, potentially au- potentially also a gentleman, in parentheses. Damn. Uh, oh. Jay, can you confirm <laughs> Can you confirm your gentleman's status? Yeah, right now. To us, right now? Um... I mean, what can I do to prove it? Well, you don't have to prove Just, Just, do you... Do you claim to be a gentleman? I don't like to put labels on things, guys. All right, there we go. There you have it. I think that tells us all we need. <laughs> there you go. He's a, he's a rogue, ladies and gentlemen. I'm part of the Thieves Guild. He says, Chase the Night Cleaner here with what I thought was going to be a short email. You decide if it is or not. So, what is shaking? That's his first question. Nothing for me. Uh, a lot. Yeah, not much. Gaming what up with you? <laughs> he says, Gaming J, did you get that thunderstorm today? Uh, yes. Yep, there what's was a thunderstorm this, today. What's this thunderstorm? Is it just Where a, do you guys live? Uh, near Toronto. Okay. You got a thunderstorm? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I'm getting a lot of thunderstorms right now because it's monsoon season. So I was just I, curious. I, I like thunderstorms. I like rainy I days. I agree. I live in Arizona, which is a very hot, not rainy place. So whenever we get monsoon season, that's pretty exciting. I'm with you on that though. Thunderstorm, big old rains, they're fun. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he also says, "How did you? How did you enjoy Joe and Mac with Snest drunk?" It was a ton of fun. Um, yeah, uh, I think uh, having him there to play co-op really made it. Uh, I had actually had urges to play that game just on my channel single player, but I kept putting it off and I'm glad I did. Um, yeah, he he was a gentleman and it was a lot of fun. Very nice. So he's a gentleman, but you're not going to say whether you are Okay, fine. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> there it is. Uh, a true gentleman would never say that, by the way. He goes <laughs> off. <laughs> You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Uh, Jay and Robert, how are you both? Jay? Uh, 20 days to go. I'm doing great. Ugh, we're getting down to the last. I love how the past 100 episodes, all you've talked about is waiting for. Uh, wow. To come you should hear when I talk about outside of the podcast. It's very similar. <laughs> Um, I don't know why, but how are you both? Um, I'm just trying to think of how to answer that. And for some reason, this very, very, very random story comes to mind, but it's also kind of funny. So I'll tell it because why not? Uh, very short. My, <laughs> my daughter the other day, so she's 10. She goes, um, she was asking me. So there's these, the sandwich that I make frequently. That's really good. I'm a badass. I, I, look, I'm just a badass in the kitchen. Are you a sandwich artist? I'm a sandwich artist. I'm a I'm badass in the kitchen is what it comes sure. down okay. to. But I make this really good sandwich that uh, usually I like to make it on hoagie bread, but we don't always have that. So sometimes I just make it on regular bread. It's just a sandwich with turkey, cheese, a bunch of lettuce, some really good like sandwich oil. You know, the stuff that has oil and seasoning yeah. and stuff in it. And, you know, of course, mayonnaise and stuff like that. And she loves it. And uh, she was what? asking, "Oh yeah, oh hell yeah, she, it's it's fucking amazing." I'm 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 not I'm I'm here to tell. I was you. expecting something revolutionary, like you'd be like, "Yeah, I put sardines like molded into the bread, or like peanut butter, or some random shit." But it's literally just a fucking turkey sandwich with oil. <laughs> it's a turkey sandwich. There's oil. No, it's but I put the I got the special touch. Okay. Okay. And here we go, here. It's amazing, and she loves it, and so she'll she'll just eat the, like she doesn't. A lot of times she. She's like, oh, I'm not that hungry. She won't eat a lot. But if I make one of these, she'll eat the whole damn thing. And she was asking me, she goes, uh, uh, Dad, is this healthy? And I was like, well, you know, it's, it's pretty healthy. It's got it's got turkey, so it's, that's like a lean protein, so that's good for you. Um, you know, it's got lettuce, and that's that's got some fiber and stuff, so that's good. And, you know, usually, well, you know, I guess I say usually. Sometimes it's on wheat bread. If not, it's on hoagie bread. You know, like you get some some carbohydrates from that. That's fine. I said, you know, the the um the oil is really good, but the oil is basically just fat. So the, you know, there is some fat in it, but that's fine as long as you don't just you know eat and a ton cheese. of it, eat a ton of it all the time. Yeah, and the cheese. And uh, <laughs> she goes, and uh, she was like, well, you know, fat like a little bit of fat is good for you, right? And I said, yeah, everybody, you know, has to have some fat. You're supposed to have some fat. Your body has to have you know some some level of fat at all times, so it's fine to have fat. You just want to make sure you, you don't get too much. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, oh, we gotta we gotta get enough fat to make sure we get thick. Oh no! 
Did you start laughing immediately? <laughs> yes, I just cracked up. Oh, uh, yep, I guess so. <laughs> I just left it at that. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I thought that was hilarious. Maybe it's not as funny as I thought it was. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Back to Chase's email. Jay and Robert, how are you both? uh, Chase, thank you. I'm doing fine. He says, uh, thank you so much for for sharing the Jeff Robinson episode. It was respectful and uniquely your own thing. And it's crazy to think of just who our love of games brings us into proximity with and how they impact us. So thanks for that. Thank you, Chase. Thank you for for listening to that. And uh, I appreciate the feedback on that. He says, uh, I will make this short and sweet, but also very Canadian. In the early two thousand, <laughs> Jay's all about that one. In the early two thousands, Southern Ontario had one of its worst blackouts in recorded history, with some oh, home yeah. with some homes. Is this a big thing? Yep. Yeah, I remember that actually. Um, yeah, it was not only Southern Ontario, but I think the Niagara region of like upstate New York, and there was a whole a huge power uh, outage. Yeah. Um. I sort of feel like I'm, I'm, I may be just making this up, but I feel like I vaguely remember something happening in New York. Yeah, it, I think what it was was something like lightning hit a transformer near Niagara Falls and Ontario and New York's power grids were so integrated that when it knocked out like that power station, it like cascaded and like everything lost power. Damn. So yeah, it was it was huge. It was huge. Okay. He says, uh, worst blackouts in recorded history with some homes in the GTA. What's that? In surrounding uh, areas? Greater Toronto area. Greater Toronto area <laughs> in surrounding areas without electricity for days. Gaming J might remember this, which brings me to my question of the day. What is one pastime that you truly love, but that you only ever think to do when the power goes out? Ooh. Damn. Okay, I got go one. Go for a walk. Go for a water. What did you say? I said go go for like a long walk. Oh, I thought you said go for water. Yeah. <laughs> Horrid water. <laughs> Horrid um, drinking water. One that I guess the the closest the best thing that I can think of is uh when and I typically don't think to do this unless like power's out, but not but not only when power's out. If it's raining like really, 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 really hard, um, I like to sit outside, not like in the rain, but, you know, under like my porch or something like that and just kind of sit outside and just watch the rain and kind of just feel the humidity and stuff and just like just sit there and do nothing but just but just watch the rain. You know, not if it's just raining, but it's got to be like pouring and, uh, you know. If the power goes out, that typically is more of an impetus for me to do that because I don't have other things that I can be doing at the time. So that's that's why I say that as specifically an answer to this because sometimes it rains like crazy and I just kind of sit inside and I'm like, oh, well, I got work to do. But um, if I don't have that work to do and I don't have a lot other to do, I really do like to just sit out and kind of just watch it just torrentially pour down rain. Fair enough. Uh, for me, whenever the power goes out, usually we either do connects legos or a puzzle comes out that is done via flashlight <laughs> or board nice. games but i play board games all the time so how frequently do you guys experience power outages oh once or twice a year yeah uh that or less they're pretty yeah, I was frequent. Say. 
Yeah. Last year we had a few, but there was an issue. Uh-huh. So I feel like yeah. for me that, that lately they're pretty infrequent. At the last place that uh, my wife and I lived before uh, where we are now, it was also in Birmingham, but it was uh, an apartment not 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 like very actually pretty close by. We lost power like pretty frequently. It's like anytime there was a storm, it's like power went out. We just kind of lived in Ouch. a part of town where the just <laughs> the infrastructure, I guess, was just shit or something. But here. I can't even remember the last time we had a power outage for more than wow. 15 or 20 minutes. That's good. Yeah. yeah, It happened a lot more when I was growing up, for sure. We It was way more frequent than it is now. Yeah. Yeah. When the power, when the big blackout happened, uh, I remember I was, <laughs> I was at home and I was playing a game of online risk with a friend and the power went out. And I thought, oh, well, I guess it'll only be out for like 20 minutes, an hour. And I thought i'd go for a walk as i said i don't know uh so i like uh just you know grabbed my wallet had it walked out and as i was walking down the street people were like in the street talking to each other being like do you have power do you have power <laughs> and the further i walked people were still doing it and eventually i realized like whoa like wow. nobody has power um and when i went home that evening we still didn't have power i thought oh i guess we'll have it in the morning i woke up the next day still no power and I got a call from a friend and they were like, yeah, like power's out everywhere. They're like, we're going to the mall. Do you want to come? And I was like, the mall? They're like, yeah, apparently the mall has generators. So it's still open. We're going to go see a movie. So what the fuck? <laughs> Damn. We, we went to a restaurant and then to uh, watch a movie. But yeah, we, we did end up not having power for like four days or something. Wow. Sorted out. That's nuts. Yeah. One yeah. time there was um, this was a year or two after we moved into the house where we are now. There was this uh, crazy windstorm that blew through, and it lasted about five minutes. That was it. And I just remember I was at home. I was in my office, and this uh, windstorm came in, and I looked outside. And it was just crazy windy, but it wasn't anything that made me freak out, right. uh, but it was, like, super-duper windy. And I was like, and it, like I said, lasted five minutes, maybe even less, but probably about five minutes. I was like, wow, that was nuts. And then um, later, you know, like an hour or two later, I was like, well, I'm going to go on a walk. So I went outside and I started walking. And as soon as I got outside, it was like starting at our neighbor's house and every house down. It was just absolute mayhem. There were trees blown down. There were cars trust, by, crushed by uh, trees. There were power lines all over the place. I went back to our alley behind our house. There were, you couldn't even walk uh, through it because it was blocked by power lines and trees. It was just insane. And it happened to like just start literally at our neighbor's house. Hmm. It was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, so back to Chase's email. He's almost, uh, this is almost wrapped up. For me, it is a toss up between tabletop RPGs, miniature wargaming, and actually reading a physical book. Mostly, I mostly read hmm. digital these days. Yeah, that's actually a good point, me too. Or I listen to audio. And that is it for me. Like, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I feel like I, I would totally agree with like tabletop board games, or RPGs, except usually if we've lost power, it's more in the evening for me. So it's harder gotcha. to do by like candles. Yeah. But yes, good call, Chase. And that is it for me, gentlemen. Thanks as always for all that you do. And thank you, Gaming J, for your consistently fun channel. Your journey is a heck of a thing to watch. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you, sir. He says, cheers, Chase the Night Cleaner. Chase, thank you. Thank you also, 
as always for, uh, or not as always, but as often, especially in the early days for keeping the email section alive and for always, (laughs) and for always contributing to the email. The caring. We greatly appreciate it. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up real quick. We'll do a current gaming subcast. Any, I know Jay, David, you've already kind of talked about yours. Yeah, uh, yeah, I kind of mentioned that earlier. Jay, you and I, anything to mention for current gaming subcast? Uh, not yet. I'm going to talk about Fire Emblem on the next podcast because I've been playing that a little bit. Right. Uh, the new one that just came out. Um, but yeah, nothing else really. All right, I'll go real quick. I've been playing, and I've only been playing this for a, for a couple of days. They are billions. Have y'all have y'all heard of this? No. Is it the zombie? Yeah. Uh, Real time strategy yep. kind of game. Yep. Yep. I, I've seen it. I haven't played it. Uh, it's really fun. So it's been in early access for a while now, and I, I think it it was well. I guess. In fact, I don't even know for sure if it's officially released now, but it's basically released. If it's not officially released, it's like very very close. Um. Anyway, I've been playing that. And Jay Totoro, you would be really good at this game because, it, as as Jay said, it is a uh, it's a real time strategy game. Okay. But uh, instead of it being, you know, you versus somebody else, it's basically you, and you are building up just a big defensive base. It's it's almost kind of like a like a tower defense real time strategy, because what you're doing is you are uh, it's it's you know the zombie apocalypse. And you are uh, starting this town. And you're trying to build this town. And there are zombies all over the place. And, and they don't constantly attack you. But they will, you know, occasionally attack you. Especially if you get close to them. They'll, you know, and they wander near you. They'll start attacking your, your town. You're building up defenses and armies and stuff like that. But you're also building up your town's infrastructure. So that you can be producing this or that. You can keep growing. And then you can keep advancing in technology. Getting more people. Getting more money. And so on and so forth. And, you know, constantly building up the infrastructure to support more people, getting more people because of that. And it just kind of keeps going on cool. and on. And, uh, and every, and, and so there's, there's zombies all over the place and they attack occasionally, but every once in a while, a huge zombie horde will just launch an all out attack on your base. And you got to make sure you're prepared for that. And it tells you, you, it's kind of like the idea is sort of like, you have some intel on what's going around, so it'll so you it'll say, on day six, there's going to be a big wave of zombies coming. So you want to make sure that you're prepared for a big attack. You know, by the time it, the game gets to that point, so you're constantly, like I said, building up, making sure you're getting resources from the town, expanding out, and you know, as you're expanding out, building more and more defenses, especially at choke points. So, you know, zombies can't just wander in and start attacking your town because if they do, then that infects your buildings and you can't get the benefits from those buildings back until first you've killed the zombies near them. And then second, you've actually repaired that building and it just keeps going on and on there. And the goal is that uh, for you to survive a certain amount of days and based on what difficulty you pick uh, the, um, the, 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 the amount of days that you have to survive might be different. Uh, it's actually the, the, the longer that you pick, if I remember, if I remember the way it works correctly, the longer that you pick, it makes it a little easier because that's like, if it's longer out then the, then the big giant final horde isn't going to come till longer. So you have more time to build up all your defenses and stuff. Um, anyway, I am on my second playthrough of it. My first one, I did okay until like 
it was the third or fourth <laughs> zombie horde came and it was 10 times bigger than any of the previous ones had been. So I was entirely unprepared for it. But, uh, it's, it's a, I, I think my, my current playthrough is going so much, is going much better. And once you get a certain, like you get a certain score based on how long you last and what difficulty you chose. And once you get a certain score, then you unlock new maps to play. And I think there are, I could be totally wrong on this, but I think there are five or six or seven uh, different maps that you can unlock. So there's a bit of replayability there. And every given playthrough lasts quite a while. So my first one, I said, like I said, I died on the fourth or fifth attack, which was on day 60 or something like that out of 120 was what I was going for. And that, that was probably three or four hours of gameplay on that one. So it's uh it's it's really fun. It's it's really cool to build up your defenses, build up your town, build up all your infrastructure, and then see this big huge wave of zombies attack and you just mow them down as they're trying to pound and and break through your gates and all. It's mm-hmm. uh it's it's pretty satisfying. So I, I recommend it for sure. It's a cool. uh, it's a pretty cool game. And you say it's out of early access, like anyone can get it. Yeah, I believe uh, it, it was anybody could always get it. It was on. Uh, I'm going to check it out real quick. Uh, it's on Steam. And um, so even when it was in access, in early access, you could still get it. Um, right. When I pull it up. Yeah, it's it's out of early access. So it is It is cool. the full release now. Now, the thing uh, is there is a campaign mode and there's just a survival mode. Survival mode is the way to play. That's That's all I've done so far. And that's what the game had been that's all the game had had for a very long time and i've heard a whole lot of complaints about campaign mode basically it's just really slow and kind of boring and and way too easy where survival mode survival mode is is like the real version of the game if if you get it and want to play it so cool yeah it's really cool they are billions i i definitely recommend it i think that's going to wrap it up for this podcast as a quick reminder our game of the quarter is mr mosquito for PlayStation 2. Oh, yeah. We are going to be discussing that game around the end of September. I was looking at the schedule, and that looks like it should come out to be September 17th when we record that episode, although things could potentially change between now and then. But sometime around September 20, 17th is going to be the episode where we talk about that. So our game of the quarter, everybody is, is welcome to play that game. And we want you to send in your thoughts if you want to take part in the game of the quarter. You'll email us by by that point, by that episode, about, uh, you know, you, you played Mr. Mosquito and, and tell us what you thought about it. Jay and I will both be playing it for sure. Anybody else yep. who wants to, you're welcome to send in your your impressions of it. Um, please do. Please do. Leave us amazing reviews on iTunes. Tell all your friends to listen to us. Send us emails. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Once again, our next top five is games you played Favorite games you played only at friends' houses. Uh, yeah. Email us about that or or just whatever you feel like emailing us about. You can follow us at Class Gamescast. You can follow me. I'm at King Octavius. Gaming J, where can people find you and follow you and, uh, and harass you uh, via E3's leaked uh, yeah. personal <laughs> information system? Yeah. So that's why I don't go to E3. I don't want my personal information. <laughs> Good call. I've also never been invited, but that's <laughs> secondary. You're yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm uh, at GamingJ1001 on Twitter. 
Uh, and if you would like to check out my YouTube channel where all the action is, uh, it's youtube.com slash gamingj1001. So come check me out. Awesome. Very nice. Um, I guess that's all I got. Uh, Jay, thank you as always for joining us. It's always yeah, really fun to have you, you on. Yeah. All right, thank everybody. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Okay, guys, we will, uh, we appreciate you listening. We will be back in three weeks. Or more. Listen, I warned you. <laughs> I'm the next one before WoW comes out. I warned you. 